Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. John here, and we have the entire crew. How's everybody going? 
I'm okay. Anybody? Jules is doing okay. Everything's great over here. Dylan's great. I'm very good. Case is... Sorry, is that Hollywood Case Low, Mr. I was on the flagship to discuss the thing we're discussing? I was, in fact, <laughs> called up from the dojo. Uh, Rich Krejci let me appear on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast because Joe Lanza uh, wasn't there, and we <laughs> talked. And uh, we talked. Joe Lanza was out playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Wait, basically, what you're telling me is that Joe Lanza is Katoka and you're Futa Nakamura. Yeah, a l- incredible. A little bit, yeah. I uh, wouldn't disagree with that assessment at all. I, I like Joe much more than Kotoka, but I'm happy that I'm being compared to Futa Nakamura. That's that's a positive in my mind. You co- yeah. you compared him to Scott Steiner. And and by the way, I want to note that Case forgot to plug this podcast. Rich had to remind him. Yeah, and it. it's not the I was first about time to throw that. hands, Case. And that it's not like, and I feel so bad because I love doing this show. But I've been on a few podcasts now where it's like I do all this, and then the host is like, "Don't you do open the voice gate?" Also, I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> so, Case, ladies and gentlemen, is ashamed of this podcast. <laughs> not he is ashamed of his family. There's 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 some weird discourse over what my name is. Apparently, we've got that to figure that very out. Very amusing. Um, because I thought the reference was really obvious, and I guess it wasn't. Um, <laughs> Rich and I also just aren't smart. But then Rich, Rich DM me yesterday. He's like, Dylan knows that I know his name is Dylan, right? And I'm like, well, no, I don't, because he's called me the wrong name in DMs <laughs> on the group chat, and I kind of just, I was like, I didn't even want to correct him because I'm like, D- you really did you what, pal, buddy? Well, it's all sorted out now, so don't you worry. Also, I find it funny that they can Rich can call Dylan they, but calls me he. Just just reverse that, Rich. We, <laughs> just reverse. Rich and I are working on the pronouns. We're getting better. <laughs> I I try not to. I honestly, I really don't give a shit when when it's people that I know are new to this stuff and you know, um, aren't doing it maliciously. The only time I get really offended is when I have these fucking trolls that are doing it to me, like, maliciously to, to provoke a reaction. But anyway, Rich is not a troll, everybody. Your notifications Rich, sound like a mess every time you talk about oh. them. My notifications are a mess. It's all hockey people. It's never wrestling people, for the record. Hockey is fucking trash. Never watch hockey. Um, but Rich... I by John. <laughs> Rich, I know it's not a troll because he sent me four free T-shirts for my panel at Oticon next hey, week. Hey, when so. do I get a free T-shirt? Uh, well, these are free T-shirts for me to hand out to the public. I'm the public. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. But I'm going to hand them out at my Japanese Pro Wrestling NJPW versus DG panel next week at Oticon. Well, really, two weeks at Oticon. Oh. So if you're in the Baltimore, Maryland area... Come to Oticon, the very last Oticon in Baltimore, I might add. It's been it's been there for like fifteen fucking no twenty years or something. I don't know. It's been there longer than I've been going, so it's a very sad time. But maybe you'll get a free T-shirt, make it less sad. Um. <laughs> anyway, free stuff makes everything better. Always, all the time. We should come up with you guys should help me come up with trivia questions. They can't be too hard because these people probably know almost nothing. But they can't be too easy, otherwise everybody will get it. So this is like the balance I'm trying to find. I, 
this is always for for wrestling nerds or like Dragon Gate nerds. This is my go-to trivia question. But do you guys know what Milano Collection AT's original name was supposed to be? <laughs> yeah. I cannot um, remember. It was a backyard wrestler gimmick, right? I don't. I don't know about that. No, it was sort of still Italian, but also sort of not. It was something noodle, right? Yes, it was very similar to noodle. I can't remember what it was. Oh, wait, but I, know I'm gonna, it... I think it's on TV Tropes of all places. TV Tropes well, is if... a really good place for information for smaller wrestling companies that don't have good Wikipedia pages. For, for, guys, we don't have to look it up if Case knows it. <laughs> That's incredibly accurate. Milano Collection AT's original name was supposed to be Macaroni Matt. Okay, I do know. I, macaroni. There we wow. go. Wow! That that's not the one. That's actually not the one that I was thinking of, but that is incredible. See, now that would be an example of a trivia question that no one in the room. Yeah, would no, 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 no one should know that. I, I don't like that. I know that. That is just <laughs> incredible. It's because his his body was like very noodle like, basically, and they were like, "Wow, you look like a noodle. You're like long and thin." <laughs> so. Macaroni Mac. Oh my god! Uh, I'm very happy they went with Milano Collection yes. AT ahead of that's Macaroni That's the name Mac. that keeps on giving. Yeah. What a Milano, Milano Collection AT is probably my favorite name ever to type. Fucking, it's just so much fun. I was fucking dying at Milano trying to make fun of like people's entrances at the Super Jacob. <laughs> like he didn't walk a fucking imaginary dog to the ring. Hey, don't like, you dare! He was like Taiji Ishimori stared at himself in the mirror, and I'm like. Of all the people to talk about being a narcissist, Milano is going to school you on it. I like Milano. No one. He no took one's the he took the pic the pictures of Mimi and posted them on Twitter too. Mm. Got her to like turn around so he could take a picture of her from the back, and then got another picture of her over by like the corner ring post. Hey, you know what else yeah. happened? Dragon Gate had Kobe World. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about that. Wow, we're I gonna, feel we're so awful because I didn't watch it live. We're gonna get I didn't watch it live. Well, I watched like the first half of it live actually. I picked something over it though. <laughs> oh you picked I was, I was Japan. Over You traitor. I was no there live. I I watched Chase almost die, apparently. Yeah, I almost died during Kobe World Intermission. I didn't, because I'm here now. But it was like, that was sketchy. That's, that was when I gave up on watching it live with Intermission. It was like, okay, I saw Katoka, and, or not Katoka. <laughs> I saw Ida and Maria, and that was my main event. So it's cool. like, I'm going to go to bed now. I'm going to wake up and try to try to be awake when I watch the rest of the show. I, I when I rewatched when I was watching it after it went up, I watched I watched the tag team championship match cuz I wasn't going to fucking skip Yashi. And then um I skipped the rest of it until later. And then when I went to rewatch it, Smackdown Live was all over my Twitter timeline. So I just turned Twitter off cuz it was terrible. <laughs> Was that the draft one or the? It was, the... It was, yeah, it was after the draft, and they were like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "No, no, fuck off! It's Dragon Gate time." I didn't see the post draft one. I saw the draft one, 
The draft that that was like two hours of my life. I will never ever get back. I'm gonna be honest. I was at my computer listening to music, and then I would like glance over my shoulder at the TV. And when they actually did the draft, I would pause my music, and then when they started to wrestle, I would turn it back on and turn away. <laughs> yeah. And then they so were if, doing the rest on the network, and I asked one of my friends to live tweet the results, so I didn't have to figure out how to watch it. Wait, so you're telling me you're not a subscriber to the award-winning WWE Network? I I was back when NXT was good. Okay. And then I was like, I, I have to, this is actually taking my money. I can't let this happen anymore. Okay. I guess we should just go down the matches from the top, from the bottom of the card to the top. Yeah, do you guys want me to, to lead that? To lead what? I, let's, someone talk about Kobe World. Okay, let's talk about Kobe World then. So the opener, I think we should just go down the card. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So Actually, the opener was... Gama and Ishida and Yamamura versus Cybertron, Tanizaki, and Mondai Ryu. I will never not lament the fact that Naoki was in this match. Well, Naoki's had a really odd year. Um, he's he's sort of gone back to indie sleaze Naoki. I mean, he's working elsewhere besides Gate now, and it seems like he there has been a, a drop in his importance in the company. Um... Mm-hmm. So here, yeah, he was in the opener. Uh, this was Yamamura and Ishida's debut at Kobe World, and I thought they looked really good. They looked great. Um, Yamamura had on, and Ishida, I think, they both had on special Kobe World pants, which were really fancy, old black and gold, which, you know, yes. as the resident fashion expert on this podcast, I have to point out that they looked very good, and Gama looked like Gama. <laughs> and then yeah. on the other yeah, side, the, other the low side. key shade, the low key shade here. I don't know what you're talking about. He's he's colorful. Okay, he tries. Oh, oh he is. I, I, I'm not taking that away his, from him. His cape got uglier, mm-hmm. and I'm broken hearted because I liked the pink and green one, and the brown one is disgusting. Oh, the brown is a disgusting color, anyway. So it really is. Anyway, the, the, so the, the sad thing is, is that I I'm been going back and watching a lot of older Dragon Gate lately around the time that Gama showed up in the company, and the stuff I've seen from him in Osaka Pro also backs this up. But he's just not a good-looking human being, which is disappointing because okay. Dragon Gate has a lot of. He is attractive. How d- I can't uh, believe what? G- Gama has a. Everyone just go to Google Images and look at Gama for a second and look at how weird his head is. And oh then my God. go from there. This is terrible. I can't <laughs> believe. I mean, no one is as pretty but as anyway, Naoki Tanizaki, so, but like, still. In this match, at least. Oh, Naoki was definitely the the prettiest person in this match, especially when you think that his, his partners were Mondai Ray and Cybercon. But I think you know this was okay for an opener. Like, it's. I think it was you, Case, who said that it was one of those matches that we wouldn't remember an hour after it happened. I remember one thing from the match. And, and that was Cybertron hit that shitty German suplex that had zero impact. It kind of just looked like he rolled them over. And they're like, it was a suplex. And I'm like, that's a lie. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, te- it was, it was really bad. And like, he's supposed to be one of the strong boys. And I'm like, that was a really bad suplex. I can't actually. Be-. And Germans aren't even like, 
considered impressive anymore because of how they are. Hmm. Everyone uses them. I thought, yeah. But honestly, even though Khan, like, got to load, like, CyberCon and he got to pick up the win, this was really about Yamamura and Ishida anyway, so... They are yeah, good for their there, age. There was clear focus on Yamamura and Ishida here. Um, despite, besides, besides the one suplex, I actually thought CyberCon looked really good in this match, but mm-hmm. my focus here was on the two youngsters. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Yamamura, I think... I'm probably the only one who's like always looking at that and kind of not not really popping for it because it's still kind of a simple move. But I love Yamamura's Stashman suplex. Like yes. I love it. He's strong. I, he is strong. Like he's strong as hell. And you know, Ishida has the cakes, and Yamamura has that, and they're just these two kids are like places. You know, they still look like they weigh literally nothing, but they're doing places. It was cool to see them have their Kobe World debut, and I don't know, this was... I mean, this is a Dragon Gate opener. There's not, unfortunately, not a lot of things to say about it, but it was fine for what it was, and yeah. That's all. That's all. Kate? Yeah, Dylan, do you have anything else to add on this match? Or can we move on to match number two? I... Uh, no, I mean that's pretty much. I just I like Yamamura. I think he looked really great in the match. He's a, my he's probably my favorite between him and Ishida because I love how strong he is when he's so small. And I'm just glad I can't wait for these two to be in a twin gay match one day because they're gonna be great. Like these kids are already so good and they're really young and they're only gonna get better because the Dragon Gate kids only ever get better. That's true. So we had the two youngsters in the first match, Yamamura and Ishida, and then the next match. Uh, Genki Horiguchi, Ryo Saito, and Jimmy Kness team with, I think, our new favorite youngster, Futa Nakamura. They ended up losing to Stalker Ichikawa, Sashi Hoko Boy, UT, and Big R Shimizu. But guys, let's talk about Futa Nakamura. He's big and strong. He looked, he looked like a million bucks. He, um, in my mind, he, he's the next Shingo. He will be on an upward trajectory until he decides to retire. Unfortunately, he's got the mullet. So, you say that like a bad thing. It is a bad thing. Have you seen Shingo's hair? He, he, That's his fair. Mullet, his mullet <laughs> looks better than his mullet looks better than Shingo's though. I love his look with no elbow or knee pads because he looks like an old school grappler. I, I was actually I was thinking about this. I can't wait for Nakamura to actually get a gimmick and get some gear because he's going to look like such a world beater when when he ditches just the, the young boy tights that he has now and, and gets some actual gear. He's going to look like a million bucks. Just don't give him knee pads. Just don't. I, 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 can, I can live with that, yeah. I think, it, I think he would, if, he's, if they're going to go for this old, because I really think he would excel in that role, and I think that, like, it looks better without the knee pads. Like, I think, I think obviously, Drew Gulak is a really good example of dudes who just function better without the knee pads on. Because it adds to the whole look and the gimmick and the aesthetic. Now, this was interesting because we had Big R Shimizu. Oh, Jules, go ahead. No, I was saying, just to finish on the topic of gear, is that I don't think he will, but I'm kind of hoping that he gets some for the Summer Adventure Tad League. Even though that seems very early to give him one, to give him some gear. Yeah, that's, that'll be interesting to see, because we'll talk about the Summer Adventure Tag League later, but he has one match making tape that I'm aware of, so uh, we will discuss that's that good, after good. a Kobe World Review. 
but so Big R Shimizu came off a great Kingdom Gate tournament uh, where he went to the finals and lost to Yamato. And here he was in the second match, uh, teaming with probably the three weakest members of the roster in Sachi Hokoboy, UTN, Stalker Ichikawa. But this gave Big R a chance to look really strong, both figuratively and literally. Um, and he ended up getting the win as he pinned KNS with a shot foot slam. What did you guys think about Big R in this match? <laughs> I really you know like seeing him work with Nakamura, to be honest. Because Hi, friends. That, they, that's exactly what they threw each other and, around. And yeah, when he and Nakamura, when, yeah, that, that was the best. And um, Nakamura deadlifting Shimizu out of the pin. Yes, yes. And I, I don't know if you guys remember when Big R debuted, but his first match as Big R was a singles match against Shingo. And I felt like this was the second coming of that with Shimizu and Futa Nakamura here. They're both yeah. two big guys who just really beat each other up. And uh, as Jules mentioned, Futa deadlifting Big R Shimizu out of a pin was, in my mind, the highlight of the match. Big F Nakamura. Yes, he yeah, did. He, yeah, he did. It was beautiful. What, UT looks like a tiny Nakanishi. He does! Cause UT he, he looks like a miniature his, version of Nakanishi. He had to ditch his camo trunks because those bitches tried Vanguard, stole his look. So now he can't wear them anymore. So he went out back to black, and then he shaved his head, and he looks like a tiny Nakanishi now. It's like the resemblance is actually uncanny. He, it's and really it's funny, funny because when Futa Nakamura was holding him down to get that um, thing snapped in his face... He's like three times his size. Even his head is bigger, and it was really funny because I forget how tiny UT is until like the biggest dude in the company is holding him down. So, um, oh. so you guys are on match two, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's match two. Um, I didn't get to say anything about match one because I had to run run off, but just want to say Cyber Kong in a six fan tag, two thumbs up. Cyber Kong in a singles match. Two thumbs up. <laughs> so, this change, this change was a very positive one. Also, he actually got the pin, which I, for some reason, I couldn't believe. Yeah, that. he's had some really like, bad singles matches this year. Well, th- 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 this year, his career, his career, but like this year especially, though, like it's, it's getting. I feel like it's getting worse. <laughs> that that well, that nothing will ever like quote unquote top. That Shima Dream Gate match. Don't, like, don't, don't, shut up, shut up, leave the memories alone. I hate that match so much. All right, anyway. I think my fa- I think one of my favorite parts from the eight man tag was when um the Jimmies were just, the Jimmies being the Jimmies is always my favorite part because they're so goofy together. I love the goofy dads. I especially love uh, Saito and Genki together because they are the goofiest ever in the entire world, and they're just so fun together, and I love seeing them together when they get to do their gimmick, and Genki getting that thing snapped and just kind of falling on the ramp and just kind of laying there. Like, he was really hurt. I'm like, oh, poor baby. You're fine, though. Get up. He, he had to rethink his entire life. He's like, I balled at a young age. I no longer surf. I just had a rubber band snap back in front of me in front of 9,000 people. I need to sit here for a minute and just think about where it all went wrong. Did you see what the hey, text hey, said? Ninety-eight hundred people. It's a very accurate and very <laughs> yeah. reliable Dragon Gate attendance. I believe thing. there are six thousand seats in that building, and they obviously had ninety-eight hundred there. Yes, the other three hundred people stood on the six thousand people's heads. <laughs> they sold out, and they still made up a number. Is the best part. 
<laughs> they do that every year, though. <laughs> yeah, well, in, in 2014, for their 15-year anniversary, they claimed 10,000. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I love funny. Dragon Gate. And, if you, I mean, if you look at the crowd, it looked packed. I mean, it looked like it was a, a big-time New Japan pay-per-view running there. I mean, every seat that I saw was filled. There weren't any obvious gaps. Uh, but there weren't 9,800 people in that building uh, with Some crew, wrestlers, and Holy Spirits among us. There was no there <laughs> and, and no folks. Come on, Case. Would Dragon Gate lie to us? <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that. You're I telling me Dragon think... Kid isn't really a dragon? <laughs> That's, well, maybe. I will get to Dragon Kid. He's not even really a kid. <laughs> That's, You're yeah, telling exactly. me he isn't actually a kid? Cyberpunk <laughs> is not really a robot? A con. Or Kong. <laughs> Everything is just falling apart. Your guys are carrying me right now. Tachi Hoko Boys is neither a a amusement machine or a child. Flamita's um, not actually fire. I'm so confused right now. What is happening? Hollywood Hollywood Star Fujikawa is not from Hollywood, California. That's a lie. Uh, we don't need to. We don't need to expose they, Stalker. He um, actually don't 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 take the one thing he has. <laughs> I will bring up two more things about this eight-man tag. One, uh, the match started off with Futa destroying Stalker Ichikawa, and I would have thought it would have been really interesting if they had Futa actually pin Stalker and then have him ask for the rematch. Um, I thought that would have put over Futa Nakamura Hughes. They didn't do that, but obviously Futa looked great in the match regardless. And then two... Go ahead, Jules. No, I was going to say, I feel like they already put him over pretty strongly when he didn't get pinned. Yes, that's what I was going to bring up was uh, Big okay, Shimizu. No, no, don't worry about it. Big Shimizu pinned K-Ness in this match instead of Fuda Nakamura, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I hate seeing K-Ness take a pin because I love him, but they obviously see big things in Mr. Fuda Nakamura, so keep an eye out for him. Oh, I am. You know what? <laughs> believe, believe, Jules... believe us. We're, we're, we... Jules not only is keeping an eye out for him, she just has like a detached eyeball following him around <laughs> that just gives her direct information. <laughs> you, you, you do. Oh, I I'm sorry. I, did, I just I just did it. Wow. John just used wow. the wrong pronoun. I am I am amazing today. I, I will spar him the embarrassment as we move on to match number three, which is something <laughs> that I think most of us can be happy about. Ellen the man in under five case? What did was you that? just use the wrong pronoun? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I did. You said I'll start him. The embarrassment? Oh, damn it. Okay. Anyways, Ellen <laughs> Man in under five minutes pinned Jimmy Conda with the locomotion By tiger the way, suplex. That, that's sad. That hurts a little. I just have to say something real quick. Is how much joy it brings to my heart every time I get to hear Chase start the elephant. Yes. I have. Yes. I, I feel like it's three million years between every time we get to hear that song, and it's not fair because it's such a great thing. Okay, so I'm not the only one who can hear Jules' microphone doing that. Yes, no, that's all of us. It was happening on when we were on Skype and on Rabbit earlier, and I was like, I can't tell if it's my end that's distorting their voice or if it's their microphone that's distorting their voice. This is definitely Joel's microphone. Okay, so Joel, I'm going to hang up on you and call you back. 
it just distorted the no. That's even funnier. Yeah, that was that was terrifying. <laughs> Jules is a monster coming to kill us. I'm probably first because I used the wrong code. <laughs> uh, okay, Jules, talk. Better? Not really. <laughs> Jesus. I hate Skype. Why is Skype so evil? I don't think it's Skype. Yeah. All right, well, you at least we can kind of hear you. My dog so. is sitting up and listening to us now. Okay. And, Hi, doggy. She's wagging her tail, so she heard you. <laughs> no one got that reference. Okay. No. Ellen Man versus Jimmy Kanda. Okay. Um, it, only, it only went four and a half minutes, but four and a half really glorious minutes, in my opinion. Yeah, this was um, a big night for Linda. Um, this was his biggest singles match to date. Um, just because it was on the biggest stage, I mean, you could point to, like, his singles match to Yoshino and King of Gate, but I thought this was more important in the grand scheme of things. And Linda looked so awesome. He he squashed Kanda here, um, came out with Maria, the lovebirds. I'm sure everyone else on the panel will have something to say about that. Um, but this was a step in the right direction for the character of El Lindemann, and I think he's going to have a, a really great second half of 2016 ahead of him. That kid has beefed up something serious in a very short amount of time. Like, all the baby fat is gone, and he's, like, cut and looks amazing and looks like a billion bucks. I love it. I love I love Linda's theme, too, so much. Hashtag mid-breath. Yeah, uh, Linda what may or may not have joined a cult called mid-breath. Yeah. I have seen nothing but this joke for, like, months now. I'm dying. Okay, so you don't know what it is? I know what it is. I'm just dying because okay. it's the same joke <laughs> every time. But it's always yeah. awesome. I love Mid Breath. Yeah. They, they do amazing things. They do amazing things, and their name is just amazing. <laughs> mid Breath. The fuck is a Mid Breath? Anyway. anyway. <laughs> so, um, I, I think the, the one really interesting thing to note here in terms of the in ring, although it was a really short match, was one Linda did a judo throw off the top rope, which I was a huge fan of, that and then followed that up tasty. with. What was that? That was tasty. It was, rope, it, it was tasty. I can back that it up. Was and a, did, it was a really good judo throw, too. He he followed it up with a Michinoku Pro-era Shima-quality mad splash. Um, mm-hmm. I'm all for Linda adopting that move. Mm-mm. Linda is one of the... Linda is a strong boy who is small enough to still effectively fly. And it makes it would make for a really good offense if he did snatch that move, because it works really well for him. Well, um, so we we aren't going to discuss the 710 show from Osaka because that popped up online basically as Kobe World was happening. Uh, but there is a Ellen Man versus Big R Shimizu singles match on that show, and Linda almost outpowers Big R throughout the entire match. So yeah, Linda's got some strength to him. It's really great to see. A tiny strong boy. Yes. Um, I- so anyway, uh, anyone else got any final thoughts on this match? Yay for Jimmy Conda getting a singles match at Kobe World. Even if, it was a, even if it was a squash, okay, that was a special moment. And I understand he's not been very big in the company for a while, and he's probably on his way out, and putting over younger talent is probably on his um, agenda for a while. But, like, it was great, and it was fun, and it was good for him to get that special moment to get to put Linda over. And it was beautiful. He looked the special tag team match. Can you hear me well? Jesus yes, Christ. we can hear you. You can hear you perfect. Okay, cool. All right. So, Masaki Mochizuki and 
Yoshiaki Fujiwara against Don Fuji and Masakatsu Funaki. Um, this was a match. It was a very... First of all, it was not... Of all the matches on this show, this was not the one I expected to start with crowd brawling. <laughs> it lasted so long. It went like 13 minutes. Was like, get the fuck off the stairs. He like almost uh, threw Fujiwara oh. over the stairs. I'm like, I guess if he won't retire, we have to retire him. <laughs> what? So all the all the people were you one of the people that hate this match, Dylan? I can't remember. It's oh, not no. that I hate the match. It's not even that I hate Fujiwara because people misunderstand this. He's he's old, and I'm scared for his health because like my grandfather is older and he has limited mobility, and you can get hurt that way. And I'm like, this dude is fucking almost getting thrown over stairs at his age. We need to end this, please. Just you've done enough for the sport. Please just retire. But when it was Funaki and Mochi, then I was on fire, literally on fire. That's the, there were people. The, there were people on Twitter who really hated this match. I don't I know blame Joe. them because it was like ten minutes of old men trying to crowd brawl, but not really succeeding. They just kind of walked around a lot. And I don't know. I stole someone's it. hat. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, I think this was as good of a match as we were gonna get because Fujiwara and Fuji went into the crowd, as you guys said, and they sort of went away and did their thing, and Fujiwara hit Fuji with a shoe, and then Fuji tried to throw him over a barricade, which was he not safe. He literally sat in the corner of the ring and waited for them to come back. Yes, that was the thing, was that it was crowd brawling, and the camera stayed on them almost the entire time, because I kept on going, I wonder what Mochizuki and Funaki are doing right now. And it's my they were just watching. Um, so that's fantastic. In the ring, Mochizuki and Funaki have insane chemistry. This continues Mochizuki's illustrious Kobe World career. He has now wrestled Takamichinoku, Jinichiro uh, Tenru, Koji Kanemoto, and now uh, Funaki um, on World. So he's had really one hell of a career there. The, the and most- I, I said, I thought his... Taka is the one he defended the Dream Gate against, right? I yes, that so. was 2005. Okay. I like that match I need to see that in- Really, it was it was it was pretty good. Takamichinoku yeah. is one of my favorite wrestlers in the whole wide world. I think the most important thing coming out of this match is that we're going to get a Mochizuki Funaki singles match, which is I was actually begging for it while I was watching the match before I knew that they agreed to have one, and I'm like, I'm going to get what I want because I want to see them kick each other to death. And you should be afraid of Funaki because he injured uh, he injured Otani in a match around he the same time. He fractured his arm. He fractured his arm. Yeah. And that fucked uh, that up Otani and everything. And that was Funaki the same had day, two no. matches in one day. He uh, went to Kobe World and then went to Otani's, uh, what is it, the Firework Pro promotion? Yeah. And yeah, and the shit and broke up. Otani's arm. He fractured. It's not broken, it's just fractured. But like, Dylan, I know I know you watch everything else. Do you watch Real, Real Japan? I, I, when I can find it, yes. Okay. I just wonder because I was like, I had no idea where Funaki had been yeah, he, since he left Russell One. And it's like, oh yeah, he's in real Japan. I was like, okay. Well, that that explains that. everything because I, I don't think I would he ever watch that. He actually got that version. belt from uh, back from Sekimoto. So yeah. it's good. That's um, right. And that match never made tape. My, my fear is that Mochizuki and Funaki are actually going to have a singles match, but it's going to be in real Japan and no one's ever going to see it. If it, does, if it happens at Dragon Gate and it doesn't get filmed, I'm going to go to Dragon Gate and beat Shima up. I mean, because if it happens in Dragon Gate, it will match. most likely be on a big show. I'm thinking maybe Final Gate, so... That would be a fun Final Gate match. Well, remember I... when Shingo apparently had that great homecoming show, and it did not make tape? And Ever everyone was Shingo pissed. Does! And it everyone was so pissed because of who was on it. 
Well, if you remember, yeah. la- I think it was last year, Kojima, of, uh, Satoshi Kojima of New Japan was on Shingo's Homecoming show. Every year, Shingo's Homecoming show is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his 2014 show, actually, it aired in clipped form on Gaiora because um, it was him and Tozawa and Yoshino versus Team FMW of Dragon Kid, Masato Tanaka, and Onita. And we got a clip version of that match that was a lot of fun. Meanwhile, every other match now we don't get anything. So. Exactly. I think the I think the thing that like absolutely killed me in this match was when they went for the dual Fujiwara armbar spots, and Fujiwara was not like lifting Fuji's arm up right, but Moshi was like trying to break Funaki's arm. Like I've got this, and I'm like, oh my god, please. Like it was, <laughs> you messed up your signature move. Please God, please retire. Anyway, so Fujiwara submitted Don Fuji with the with the armbar of his name. Um, moving on to the Open the Brave Gate Championship match, the real main event. Mm-hmm. Yosuke Santa Maria defending against Ita. First of all, I can't believe this match only went less than twelve minutes. It did not. Did it feel that short to you it guys? Felt it felt longer. Than that. I thought it was like yeah. fifteen, if not more. Ex- that exactly. That's what basically what I would have felt like too. It definitely felt like they didn't overdo it. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like they they went right to the finish right when like things were reaching a peak. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was only like under twelve minutes. That was kind of crazy. I think so. Ita became the thirtieth champion, submitting Maria with the El nu- with the numero uno. Um, obviously, we're all very sad to see Maria's title reign end. But we're all very happy for Ida. So mixed feelings, right? I cried a little bit when yes. she first came out. Honestly, like when she came out with the coat and with Linda and she looked so happy and I cried a little bit. Because I don't think anyone really expected her to get this far. As champion going into Kobe world, looking like a million bucks with like awesome gear and a cool coat and the belt that she decorated and everything. And a boyfriend. I had a cute boyfriend, like not just any boyfriend, a really cute boyfriend. She has it all. Except the belt. Except now the belt, yes. But But look, the coat and the boyfriend is still worth something. I love her for those. I think yeah, this this match I I really enjoyed. Um, I thought Maria's end as uh, reign as great as it was ended at the right time. Um, looking forward to Ata. He's got a big summer ahead of him. He's got another Jacob appearance coming up, even if it's just an opener and a six man. Uh, but I think Ata is going to do great things, and I'm hoping we get Ata versus Lenderman for the Brave Gate at some point. Um, I I, I, feel, I I want that match, and I want Linda to lose, and then I want Linda to win later on. Because I kind of want Ata to like school him for causing so much shit when Ata was trying to make a point to Maria. I want him to be like, actually, fuck you. And then Linda can turn around and beat him. Like, I think that would be a better setup than just having Linda take it off him. Yes, I, I agree with that. Do you guys have anything else to add on the Brave Gate Championship match? I mean, we didn't actually talk about the match. That's a good point. Go for it. No, I mean, I thought, like, <coughs> this was everything that I could have ever hoped for, like, I don't know, this was probably my my most anticipated match of the evening, not necessarily, like, for any other reason than because these two, you know, among the other youngsters are the future, 
like, yeah, Shindo and Yamato had this great battle for the president and the title of ace and everything, but... What? What? Oh, I'm sorry, my dog sat up. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I was saying, like, Maria and Ata, they're the future, and along with, you know, Linda and Seahawk and Vidar and all of these guys, and it was incredible to kind of have that that showcase, you know, like, because Maria has come so freaking far since winning the title, like, there's something, I don't know, there's, like, something that changed and something that, like, clicked for her after that Mochizuki match in December. I swear and to God, it's the motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's just been consistently awesome ever since that, ever since that match. And, like, you know, she won the title, and we, we, could, we, we couldn't believe it. Like, we were so happy, and I feel like we got so much more out of the rain that we could ever have a hope for. Okay, Emma. Yeah, you were discussing your feelings about Maria, Jules. Go ahead. I mean, she's, I feel like we all agree on this podcast that when she won the belt, we were, like, in shock, but a good kind of shock. Like, it was such, it was such a cool thing to see that they were willing to go forward with this character having this title and carrying this title and being the champion and representing everything that the Brave Gate is about and she has had so many opportunities to prove herself and you know she was a champion um, so she's a, she was champion from uh, March to July um, she defended the title on pay-per-view she participated in the founding of a new unit with pretty amazing people. Um, she saved Yamato from getting his head shaved. Yeah, she saved Yamato from getting his head shaved. And, she, you know, she got involved into a cool and cute, like, romantic subplot. And, like, there's so much good stuff that has come out of Maria losing, um, losing, of Maria winning the title that even though I mean, if it were up to me, she would be the champ forever. But, um, but not even really, because it was Ata's time. Ata has more than proven that he deserves to have this title and that he deserves to have it to prove himself, that it's also a reward for him and the way that he found, finally found his motivation and had these amazing matches in King of Gate, had this great showing in the Super J Cup. I feel like this story, like... This match was the perfect example of something working out just the way that it should. With Maria having been elevated with this title, having gone through so much great stuff, and then she passes it on to Ata, who also needs that elevation and needs that motivation and that title to prove himself. And I don't know, like, I think the match was amazing. I think the match was awesome. I think it really highlighted both of their strengths, like, all of their strengths. Um, Ata with the crazy, like, transitions into the numero uno. Maria got to show off her, her like, how much she's improved since um, the beginning of the year. And I don't know, there's not one thing that I would change about how this happened. That, like, like I said, for me, this was really an example of things working out just the way that they should be. Things, like, a story happening just the way that it should. And... Yeah, I thought this was amazing. Um, 
as bittersweet as it is, the right person won, and I can't wait to see what the future holds for both of them. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, love Maria's reign. I think it ended at the right time, and I'm very excited to see what Ada is capable of now that he has the Brave Gate Championship. The Open the Brave Gate Championship. The best <laughs> part was that Maria wanted this match more than she wanted any other match. If you actually read her uh, the interview she did on the on the Facebook that was translated to English, she said she wanted to face Ada because she she had a crush on him. You know that was when her character really transitioned from just Yosuke Wananabe to Yosuke Santa Maria because she joined the Millennials. She's a girl now. She's a crush on Ada, and she said, "I really want that match. We're contemporaries, you know." And she was really really excited for it. You could tell she was like she was so happy to be there wrestling. Ada, and I assume that's because they're really close friends outside of wrestling, too. And she was just so, like, happy and excited for that match, and he came in there, like, deadly serious. And it was such I, a different Ada than we're used to, because he came in there ready to do whatever he had to do to finally prove that he was good enough. Because this title has eluded him many, many times before, so... I know, he couldn't beat Katoka for it. <laughs> Uh, couldn't be Tozawa and last year at Ko- World. Katoka cheated, in all fairness. He had to fight all of Berserk. Hey, you have to know what you're up against when you're going up against the heel unit, okay? Him and over generation should have been prepared. I don't, that's one of my favorite tropes in wrestling, is that the heel stables cheat, and the face stables don't stop the yes. ever. The face stables are just like... The fuck is, we can't do if anything! He wants to, if he wants the belt, he could fight through it alone. <laughs> John, I'm just reminded of, like, because Dylan is talking about how Maria wanted that match because of her crush on Ada and, like, how their, you know, how their history that they have together. And I'm just reminded of that tweet that you made when the match was about to start that Ada was, like, super serious and that Maria was just like, if you liked it, you should have put a rain on it, bitch. <laughs> As if, that was Maria's, like, I thought her her whole, like, attitude when she came out. She was, like, flaunting with the she fur She was very sassy. And- and Linda Mann, she's like, like well, you could have had. We could have had it all. <laughs> My favorite part was at the end when she loses, and Ada's standing in the ring. He gives this promo about how Shida and Yamamura to fight with him because it's time to prove that they're the future. And they want to overcome the big states. And, but the best part was that if you look, Linda carried Maria out of the venue on his back. Literally, she is so her. much bigger than him because she's like a foot taller than him. Everyone is, but she was like she had her arms around his neck and her legs were around his waist, and he had her on his back and he carried her out. And I love that. I love it when they do that for each other. It's so cute, and I wish more tag team partners or couples in wrestling would do it because it's so adorable. It, they're the best. They're one of. I think they're one of the best in story romances done in wrestling. Period. Because yeah. there's something so cute and wholesome and adorable about them. Mm-mm. They make a little heart with their hands. Like, I don't know what else people could want. They're they're the best. They're just the best. Like The Marylands. They're, 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 like, they're the Marylands, and that's like the cutest thing ever. It's so great. Mm-mm. Okay, so the next contest... Oh, first of all, there's intermission here. This is where I passed out and Case almost died. <laughs> and then we come back for intermission with the Twin Gate Championship match. Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kagatora defending the Twin Gate titles against Naruki Doi and Brother Yashi. This was my match. Yes. Um, I enjoyed this match a lot, actually. I thought 
I, I know some people didn't love the Yashi control part, but I had no problem with it. And then the, the stretch run part was just awesome. Um, I... yeah, I'll go here because I know Dylan and I are going to have very different opinions on this match. Um... Me and Kate are about ready to fight. It's going yeah. to go down. It's going down. Get, let me get my shirt. Let me get my referee shirt. <laughs> um, it, I'm getting Yashi... the knife from out under the ring. <laughs> Brother Yashi He's uh he's outstayed his welcome for me. I I didn't care for him in this match. It just wasn't for me. Now as soon as as soon as Doi came in, they had that hot closing stretch with Susumu and Kagatora. Uh, Doi did. I was really into the match, but Yashi is just not not for me. He's not for modern Dragon Gate in my opinion. I think there's a level of chemistry that the rest of the roster has that Yashi just doesn't have because he's not touring with them and he hasn't been with the same guys for years now. I mean he went over 10 years without wrestling in Dragon Gate, so he, he doesn't have that chemistry that a Doi and Yoshino or a Doi and Shingo or whoever has developed. Um, so this match was fine. I gave it three and a half stars in my review because I really liked the last half of the match. But Brother Yashi, for me, is just not someone that I'm looking forward to watching from here on out. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I don't like the Doi Yoshino tag team at all. Like, I think they're cute, but um, they're better as opponents than they've ever been as tag team partners. Chemistry or not, I just don't think that they're a good team compared to when they wrestle against each other. Like, their King of Gate match was so much better than any time they've ever tagged together. Wow, this is a very minority opinion. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I, mean, <laughs> I think they're much better opponents than they are. Did you, did you see their Final Gate match? Because I hate that match so much. I, 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 I don't... I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff. I did, it all runs... Yeah. When you watch Dragon Gate and you've seen the same 17 rematches in a row, it all ends up running together. I guess so, one. but that that one they did a final gate, whatever year that was. I think that was 2010. Uh, yeah, that was 2010. Yeah, right. It was right before right before Blood Warriors. That match went like 30 something minutes, and it was terrible. That's, uh, I mean, there's the there's the opinion that runs through, and we'll get to that when we get to the last match. That when Dragon Gate matches start running long, that's when there's a problem. I see. I normally don't agree with that. I, I just really hated that one match. Well, but, and I, I don't mind their but chemistry. But it's, it's, it's also a generally like accepted fact that Doi's Dreamgate was pretty terrible. In and yeah, well. yeah. He's he's. It's, well, that, this was this was actually Yoshino's Dreamgate run. Oh, but, I, that's also. Uh, I mean, oh yeah, people say Yoshino's better when he's not holding. Sorry, the sorry, sorry. It's okay. I don't think it's easily confusable. I mean, at I mean, the Dory... very least, everyone agrees. I mean, I've seen a lot of people say that they didn't like Yoshino's Dreamgate champion, so it's the, it seems to be the same general feeling. I, I actually I actually don't hate Dory's Dreamgate run as much as a lot of people do, but um, it definitely got old, long in the tooth well before they pulled the Wait, plug on it. Didn't Doi have a defense against Yoshino? Maybe that's why I got confused. He did, I think. I think they did do a defense against Yoshino. All I can remember Pretty... is that stellar Akibono defense. I, yes, I, I can remember that. Well, you know, you know what, um, you know what defense I'll never forget in my entire life. No. The one against uh, Taku Iwasa. <laughs> I love that. I don't know I if I've seen that. that. It's so good. I mean, it makes no sense, and they even made fun of it when Iwasa had just come out of that tag team with Arakan and was like, "Now I want a Dreamgate shot." And Doi's <laughs> like, "You've never done anything as a singles wrestler. Why would I ever give you a Dreamgate shot?" And then he gave it to him anyway. <laughs> but. <laughs> Match, that's why you never have. Itself, yeah, that's why you never listen to anything Naruto Doi says. <laughs> but the match itself was fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I, unlike Case, I really enjoy Brother Yashi in Dragon Gate, and I think it's because yeah, okay. he sticks out so much. Because 
you're like the thing with Dragon Gate is I've said it a million times before. The reason they have such great matches with each other is because they spend all their time wrestling each other. They most of them don't tour outside of the company anymore, ex- with the exception of Naoki Tanizaki. He does a lot of the indie sleeves promotions now. Um, he hangs out in Dub Pro and he hangs out with the Gingen Boys and he hangs out with Gunzo and Hayata. And I'm, he and Yashi have actually been opposite There's each other. There's a lot other. of drugs there. Be careful. <laughs> I, I won't get to that. I mean, Gunsu but, um, is pretty much made of cocaine at this point. So. If you, I just want to throw this note in here because I'm so proud of this comparison. If you have never seen Gunzo and Hayata, think KZ and BB Hulk if they discovered hard drugs. That's exactly what they look like. And there's, like, no disputing that. But, um... We, before, before this, before Kobe World, Jules and I were on Rabbit together and we were watching uh, the Wrestle 1 show that dropped with the Kondo Yashi title challenge against uh, Yuji Okabayashi and uh, Nakano, and it was a really great, I, I enjoyed the match, and to me, Yashi is always the guy who works better in the tag teams, and I think, uh, I honestly think that Jimmy's match would have been better if Kondo was there, because Yashi and Kondo have been partners Basically, for, fuck doy, fuck doy, I mean, but he and Yashi, he's I, really, I really enjoy their chemistry together, I actually do, I think uh, doy and Yashi have a chemistry together, I think they worked well together as a team, too, but, but it's the, he's the one. Let's let's be honest here. He's the one. Like Doi will never have another partner partner like Yamato. Yashi will never have another partner like Kondo. But that match really just reinforced my belief that the Kobe World match was going to be great, and I thought it was. And Yashi worked his ass off in that match. Like I've watched everything of his that he's done that's made tape at this point. Like pretty much all of it, because I love the guy so much. And he's busting out shit left and right that he's not done in a million years. And he and Doi did the spot where Joy picked him up on his shoulder and threw him like a spear. And that actually gave me a heart attack, because when Kondo Yashi wrestled together, that's their lead-in move to the Babylon, which is my favorite tag team move in wrestling that I never shut up about. And I was like, please, God, I don't know how to feel if they do that move. And now Summer Adventure Tag League's coming up, and they might do it there, and I'm happy, and like, it was... But I really enjoyed uh, he, busting out the suplexes. He bridged a German suplex. He threw himself onto the floor... And almost died, and I just loved everything that he did. He cut off Kagatora's beard, and I'm like, please don't. I like, why are you doing this? But I really, I really enjoyed the match. I really enjoyed his shit talking during the match. Um, I really enjoy how he and Doi worked as a tag team because I feel like the more they've worked together, the more chemistry they've developed. So I really enjoyed that, and getting to see him opposite Jimmy Susumu was the dream. Because right now they are my two favorites in this promotion. I love Jimmy Susumu the most. Because that is what, that's why Jimmy Susumu is my public Twitter account at. That's why he's my favorite. I loved Yashi. As soon as he walked back in the door, I was interested in him. And to see them opposite each other on one of Dragon Gate's biggest stages was the dream come true. And I really enjoyed the match. And Kagatora was the star of the match. He was absolutely on fire. The emotions in the match, his facial expressions, everything about it was just perfect. And I'm so glad he's back because he was gone for so long. And I'm really glad that he and Susumu got their chemistry immediately back on track. Everything's back together. They had a great Kobe World match, I feel like. And I'm really glad that they won. Like, I wouldn't have hated. I really wouldn't have hated if Doyashi had won. I really wouldn't have. I know a lot of people would have. And I would have been like, okay, that's fine. Move on. But I'm really glad that that match was, like, it's everything I hoped it was going to be. It was exciting. It was fun. Um, I like Yashi's goofy control heat segments because he's a, he's a goofball and I really appreciate him for what he is. Like he's not ever gonna be Jimmy Susumu, he's not ever gonna be Kagatora, 
but, like, he's funny, he's goofy, you know, he knows how to get to the fans, because he talks to them like they're just buddies of his at a bar, and I just loved everything in that match, and it was great. The only thing I hated was, like, the berserk, the stupid spots they have to do where they all have to get involved, and stuff. I actually then, they were, then there was uh, Jimmy's Revenge. Yeah, the, thank God for that. We need more of that, where they just, like, all started with their corner runs and everything. But it was a great match. I really enjoyed it. I love Yashi. I'm looking forward to the Summer Adventure Tag League seeing him more. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fact they're going to have another match because they're in the same block. And I'm just, it was everything I wanted it to be and more. And I'm so glad that everything is just working out so nice for them. I don't know. I don't, I really, I'm not going to lie though. I don't understand Yashi's booking getting a title match when he's not signed to Dragon Gate and he will never sign to Dragon Gate because he likes his freedom. When Naoki got knocked all the way fucking back down the card for not signing with them. But, um, I guess we'll see what comes of that. But I really enjoyed the match. I enjoyed everything about it. Um, Yashi worked his ass off. He wore fancy underwear that was sparkly. And he had a sparkly berserk thing tied around his waist. And it was great. And God love it. I can't wait for their next. I can't wait till I get to see them tag again. Because Doyashi really grew on me really fast. And it was a great match. And I'm a happy person. That was beautiful. Yeah, my goodness. <laughs> I have feelings for, yeah. <laughs> really? Hey, um, what did you so, say? I just monologued there, so. Yeah. I'd like to interrupt this podcast with some breaking news. Tokyo has elected its first female governor. Sadly, is not Yosuke Satomori. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to... Okay. Well, it's still cool that they elected a lady. Yes. It's not cool that they elected a lady from uh, Abe's cult, but, you know. Okay. Oh. (laughs) So, John, tell me about Brexit. Let's talk politics. (laughs) No, I was talking about Japanese politics. Jesus. Uh, Great Sasuke wasn't involved, and neither was Hiroshi Hase, so... Once again, I'm out of the wilderness on this one. Case is like, you know what I really want to talk about is American politics. (laughs) I can't get enough of it, and I love it so much. The only good thing about American politics is the memes. The the only good thing about American politics is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) nothing. Seriously? Seriously? Seriously. Hey, you know what was good? The only thing you need to know is that somebody built a tiny wall around Trump's star on the Hollywood Wall of Fame. You know what? I, I I lied. The only good thing about American politics is that that Vine someone put out this weekend of everybody doing the Macarena. <laughs> that is wonderful. That was wonderful. I was like, if they did the Macarena at every political convention, politics would be so much better. You know what? You know what else was wonderful? The Open uh, Triangle Gate Championship match. Yeah. Hey! Um, this match was awesome. I wasn't... Was... Jules didn't even oh. get to talk. Oh, my God. Oh. Jules didn't get to talk. <laughs> I, th- I thought Dylan had covered literally Every possible corner of the Twin Game match with Jules going. I missed one thing, and that was Genki Horiguchi's ter- horrified, terrified face when Kagatora was getting his hair cut. Because that is an emotional experience, damn it. And nobody understands what it's like to lose your hair better than Genki Horiguchi. And in that moment, that was like the most real emotion I'd ever seen in a wrestling I match. I think this podcast has peaked. We can all go home now. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. But Jules, what do you want to say about the Twin, twin Game match? match? I wanted to say... Um, I enjoyed Yashi's work in the match. Um, I Overall, I think he works really well when he's in tag teams, especially with people who work um, that kind of 
I hate myself for saying this, muscular style. Um, oh, boy by the way. a small, strong boy. Exactly. By the way, I lose a year of my life every time I have to hear muscular countdown, and that I can't believe that they didn't use the Berserk, the Berserk beat. I felt so offended. I actually, I, I have those feelings about Yoshino's theme. Every time it comes on my MP3 player and I'm taking my dog on a walk, I'm like, please, God, no. Muscular countdown is so bad. Oh, okay. It's so bad. Why is countdown bad? That song is awesome. It's so bad, John. He talks about how now his world is so muscular. Do what you want. Do anything. Leave him alone and leave his song alone. I love that song. Anyway. I'm, I'm, this is the most offensive thing you've ever said. This is, this is the Dragon Gate podcast. That opened the voice gate. The Dragon Gate theme discourse. Yes, and I am mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. You know what? I'm going to put Muster Countdown at the end of this podcast. <laughs> like Everybody that? will know when to stop listening, because that song will start playing. I love that song. I'm so excited. <laughs> Y'all are about to have a back. I love you! I'm really sad. John! John is okay. going through the grief process over Muscular oh, yeah. Countdown, you guys. Anyway, right. what I wanted to say is, because Dylan covered the Yashi um, love fest portion of the match, That's I have to say... Did, did he ever? <laughs> Someone had to. You all are so mean to him. I'm not. I'm, I'm like not. Yashi. You didn't even say anything, John. Case like ripped into the poor guy. I, I started the, the thing by saying I liked his controls. To, okay. Well, <laughs> I like so Father Yashi. I, in John's I, defense, in John's defense, they did say that they that they didn't hate the the control portions, um, the Yashi control portions as much as everybody else. They did they did give Yashi credit, so please do, leave John alone. Let them like live. Yashi. Please. I think they've had enough today between the American politics and the muscular countdown slender. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so uh, Dylan has, has gushed about Yashi, and I have to say, as much as I enjoyed Yashi's work in the match, as much as I enjoyed Doi's work in the match, as much as I enjoyed Susumu's work in the match, for me, the star, the absolute star of this match was Kayatora. Like, it's, and especially in that finishing stretch. This dude is so smart in the ring. He is so innovative. He is so... Um, aware at all times of where he is and what he's doing and just he is he has been in excellent form ever since he came back which is kind of amazing because he was on the shelf for I don't know not a year but almost right I think it was actually just just a few days under a year yeah so yeah and for someone who just made his comeback like what two uh, like not even two months ago like a month ago he is in such good shape he looks amazing um whenever he has the upper hand in the match he's always pulling out awesome stuff he's just so freaking impressive i love him so much and i know that i've had this conversation before and i know that i'm in that kind of maybe minority of people who love kagetora more than most but for me, he was the highlight of this match. He was the star of the match. Um, his control portions were amazing. Every time he was in the ring, I was captivated by everything he was doing. I find him so smart in the ring and so innovative and so impressive. And 
I really think that he he's the one who stood out to me the most. And, yeah, I just really thought that he was the star of that match. My favorite moment of his was when he accidentally hit Susumu. And for that half <laughs> a second you saw his face, he looked like his heart was broken. Like, he was so upset over accidentally hitting Susumu. And it, like, shook him emotionally. I'm like, I feel you, my man, because I shed a tear. I'm like, <laughs> so sad. He he does, he is great though. He's great. He's great at everything. Um, he he's just really. I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he's got a title. I think the only bullshit thing that me and Jules can agree on is that he's not had a singles title. Um, I've I've I, I you know I've opened the can of worms there that I probably shouldn't have opened, but I really wish that Kagetora would have gotten a, a run with the Brave at some point before before today, like. Because I I completely understand the the arguments against him getting a a title shot or even getting the title now, because it is about the young generation, and I'm completely 100% supportive of that rhetoric, but I do feel like there was enough time in in the time that he's been in Dragon Gate for that to happen, and... Luckily, the the Dream Gate is not about age, and he should fuck Yamato shit up. Wow. Because Yamato is in his mid-30s. He's not young anymore, no matter how young he looks. Kagetora and Yamato are the same age. Exactly. So he should, he could beat Yamato for the Dream Gate. It doesn't have to be the Brave Gate. Everyone says Brave Gate. I'm like, he could win the Dream Gate. That's also an option. There's not only one singles title, so he can go beat Yamato and but hold yeah, two belts. I mean, it's Dragon Gate. He could win all the belts. Happen, but I don't know. Um, he- I know for now, I'm going to give a shout-out to Andrew henry 216 because i know that he's going to comment on this particular piece of discourse when he listens to the podcast so hi andrew but yeah i thought kajetora looked awesome in that match and i thought the match was great i have no complaints i just want to point out to phil twitter user statoke that we did talk about kajetora and how much i hope we made you proud i hope so because you were so upset when we weren't talking about him enough before and we sang his praises here today. Mm-mm. So, yeah. All right, do you guys want to move on to the uh, triangle game Oh, match? wait, one thing. Doi's hair was terrible. Oh, my, he looked so bad. He tried to go red, like, but it didn't set in his hair. And Like, it, okay, seriously, first of all, that was even worse than the golden hair at Dead or Alive, which I already thought was pretty terrible. And I think everybody did. Second of all, he look his hair kind of looked like when, like you know, these old grandmas that probably oh, no. own a chihuahua go but to they, the hair salon and try to get their like their hair dyed, and it comes out not exactly the color they wanted. That's what he looked like. It did because it looked like it was silver tinted red. And I'm like, what did you do to your hair? The only acceptable big match doy is silver fox doy. I will Stop. I will accept no other alternatives now Stop that we know it. that he looks terrible with any other color. I liked it. <laughs> John, you're turning into a doy apologist on this podcast right now. I, I, I sort of am. Doy apology discourse now. Wow. Naruki Doi right. did nothing wrong. Naruki Doi's theme song is great. His hair is great. Naruki Doi did everything wrong. Anyway, so the Triangle Championship <laughs> I'm match. I'm sorry, John, I love you. Yoshino, Tozawa, and T-Hawk versus Shima, Dragon Kid, and Peter Kasa versus BB Hulk, KZ, and Flamita. First of all, we are all very stupid. Because, so, so, three of you picked, um, 
the Tribe Vanguard team to win. Mm-mm. When they got eliminated first, I'm like, ha-ha, I was right. <laughs> and then, ha-ha. The, <laughs> the over, over generations got this, and then they lost too. So, well, I, for, I, for, I knew it was for a hot the second, generation because Peter for a hot the... second. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say for a hot second I looked like a genius, but and then and then it all came struck in. it all came crashing down. That Chase, uh, go ahead. Stop throwing shade on Twitter. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> As I'm dying now, thanks for that. Uh, this Triangle Gate Championship match was awesome. Um, I can't say Wait. it's the best Triangle Gate match in world mm-hmm. history, uh, because one of my favorite matches ever was the 2005 Triangle Gate Championship match, but this had Flamita and Peter Casa and Casey, for that matter, doing incredible things, and I thought this match, up to this point, was match of the night. It got upstaged by the main event, but I, I can't say enough good things about this match. I have to say, I have to stop and do my little... Um fashion corner here. Casey in this match, best dressed of the whole show. What was Peter Casa wearing? Who the fuck cares about Peter Casa when Casey came out looking like um, a... I was visually attacked by that blue singlet. It was ugly. It was like the ugliest shade of blue possible. The dude is just not... He was trying to get Shima... Like, that was his engagement, was trying to dress up like Shima, and it didn't Mm -hmm. work. It's not a good shade of blue. This dude is real bad at picking colors, actually. I don't even know what's going on there. I don't know. But Casey, best dressed of the whole show. Like, I don't know what you guys thought, but in my humble opinion of Open the Fashion Gate host... um. Casey looked amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, best dressed. Best dressed. Who the fuck is Yamato? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will bring up one other thing, moving away from fashion for just a second. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm on the Flamita bandwagon of he's not only the best active flyer right now, but he's straight up one of the best wrestlers in the world. Oh, he's amazing. And, uh, I thought he I thought he stood out more than anyone in this match. I think Peter Casa, for people that haven't seen him before, uh, he might have caught their eye. But to me, Flamita, and, and I love Peter Casa, and I thought he was great in this match, but Flamita was just on another level here. He's been on another level all year, whether it be Cara Lucha or AIW or Dragon Gate. I'm so happy he's back, and uh, I thought he stole stole the match in this one. Yeah. When are we I mean, going to beat we... up Octagon for treating him badly? Is my Octagon can go rot in Mexico. He's he's fine. We've got him back in Dragon Gate, so I'm not going to complain. I was so upset over that poor child getting attacked. I was actually really excited when he came back, too, because there's a lot of people talking about who, because they talked about having another member for Tribe Vanguard, and I, and, a lot, and I know some people thought it would be Linda because uh, Maria, and I'm like, I don't know who, and I saw some people talking about Flamita, and I'm like, I hope Flamita comes back so much, because I have missed him the entire time he's been gone. Because he is so, in a promotion full of dudes who can climb the ropes and do just about anything they want perfectly, he stands out more than all of them. He is, he is exquisite. So he is amazing. I, I, I'm so happy he's home, and I'm so happy he's with Tribe Vanguard. The, the, you know, those, those like, Dia Hearts feelings coming back. Mm-hmm. Because Hulk and Casey and Flamita are all together again. And, like... Maybe, like, okay, maybe Flamita is not, like, the most extreme in what he does, 
but he's the best at doing it. I think yes, the no, most, no, like, there's there's no one way. smoother than Flamita. It's, yeah, it's yeah. insane the stuff he's able to do, how quickly he's able to do it, and the fact that he he never looks out of place, he never mm-hmm. over rotates. Uh, he is a master of what he does, and he is so exciting to watch right now because he's starting to get global coverage. He's he's not only in my mind the king of the Mexican independence. Uh, he got booked in America this year. He's being booked in uh, Japan again for Dragon Gate. So I'm really excited to see Flamita hopefully uh, have his profile raised. Yeah, he, I mean, I can't say enough good things about him, truly. I and really, think about I really hope we get an eventual Brave Gate match with Ada, with Flamita. What I, think, I thought this match was fantastic. I mean... I don't know how anyone could not think it was fantastic. It was, it was exactly the kind of three-way triangle gate match that this company does so well, mm-hmm. and I would put it like solidly in the middle tier of triangle gate matches. Um, definitely not the garbage tier. It's not quite up to the levels of like the 2007 one or the the 2002 three-way one, but definitely in the upper half of the middle tier. I would say mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. There's, okay. There's something that I've been noticing a lot lately regarding our friend, Peter Casa, and it's that there's more and more people who are starting to complain about the fact that he seems unsafe to work with. And it's like, I know that Strida, or pal Strida, was talking about how he gets a bad feeling every time Casa climbs up top. And I know, Case, that you and Rich discussed how Casa landing on people is kind of like a car falling on you on the Voice of Wrestling (laughs) flagship. Yes. And I know that another person, I think it was Phil um, Satoki, who said said that... He said he hurt Genki. That, yeah, that he legitimately hurts people because he's so big and heavy I, and kind I, of reckless. I was about to and, say, I don't think it's fair to say that it's his size that's doing it because I watch probably at this point more Big Japan than I do Dragon Gate. And those dudes, the big dudes, will still climb the ropes. And I still feel like they land better. I don't, I feel like he's not nailing his landings the way you're supposed to. Because there are ways you can land where you don't put as much weight on who you're landing on so that they don't get hurt. And I don't think he's quite figured out how to do that. And the problem is, he's not the same size as the rest of them. He's a lot bigger. So when he's landing on them incorrectly, he's going to hurt them more than if he was like, if he was like Tozawa sized or Yoshino sized or even like T-Hawk sized, it probably wouldn't hurt as much as, as big as he is landing on them the way that he does. And I know and there's like, that one gif of him dropping Tozawa on top of his head, and that's frankly yeah. terrifying, because everybody knows if you drop someone on their head, you can hurt them really bad. And that that was not even one of his high-flying moves. That was just, I think, a screwdriver or something. And he very nearly dropped Tozawa right on top of his freaking head, you know, as if I wasn't scared about him enough already. And just so we're clear, this has nothing to do with the debacle of whether or not he was the one who injured Kotoka. This is just a trend that I've noticed and more and more people picking up on the fact that he seems to be someone who's not exactly a 
safe worker. And, you know, I've given him his chances and I've given him a leeway. And I think that what he does is very impressive. But I think he's impressive, but I also think that... I think that he's like John said. He's quite hard. So... But Uha landed better. I'll say this... I'll say this in defense of Casa. One, he's still very early in his career. Um, How old I, is he? I have I have no clue because Peter Casa lives in the mountains um, or just <laughs> in South Carolina, to be fair. Um, and, and I can't figure out anything on him because I've tried to do some digging while he's been on tour, and I I just I don't know with Peter Casa. Um, the second thing is is that I do think it's a little unfair to compare him to the Big Japan guys. Yes, he's about the same size as them. Uh, Peter Koss is doing stuff that, like, Pac did when he was in Dragon Gate and that Ricochet does. Um, now, that might be something that if he continues to be unsafe, that will have to adjust and will have to go to more of a, uh, a safer flying style. But I, I do think it's a little tough to compare his corkscrew shooting star to, say, Yuji Okabayashi. Oh, see, to- now, you see, you went for the biggest dude that, and I'm not even talking about Yuji. There are, like, youngsters who climb up on the ropes and jump That's off of them fair. and land better. And I mean, like, they're, you know, and I don't mean Yuji Okabayashi, which I honestly still think Sakamoto's got the better, the better splash anyway. But I mean, like, some of the young boys are better at landing their splashes. And I would think that a dude his size would be a little more conscious of his landings when he's landing on smaller people. Because there's the risk of accidentally harming them if he doesn't land correctly. And he's a big dude. Like, he, when he's face-to-face with some of these guys, he's, like, way taller than them. He's way broader and I would just hope that, like, he does make those adjustments because he, cause some of those dudes are itty-bitty and he might actually hurt one of them. And losing a dude in Dragon Gate could be a big deal depending on what they want to do. So, yeah, Peter Cox is big, everybody. I, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> quite upset about it yet, but if he comes back for a second tour and this continues to be a trend, then maybe I'll take an issue with it. But for now, I think it's just maybe some nerves and maybe just um, a happenstance. Uh, but yeah, it's always a, there's always a chance it's just a wacky coincidence, yeah. unfortunately. But I guess we'll see. Um, so speaking of Peter Costa, the big news for him after this after this match was Shima being like, so he's not an overgeneration actually. Which <laughs> was like okay, <laughs> and then and then Shima basically said he's free to choose any unit he wants, but he advised against Berserk. And Yoshino got excited. Yoshino got excited. She's like, I'm making some orange ring gear for the him. real white like, uha. Yoshino, why why are you getting so like I would think that Yoshino's getting far ahead of himself and it's a swerve and he's gonna join something else, but I guess we'll see. The thing is is that whatever color orange it's gonna be, it's not gonna match any of the other oranges <laughs> in all of it. It's I love how like I didn't think a unit could get more disorganized than their coloring than Monster Express until Tribe Vanguard absolutely still does not have matching gear. Yeah. They come out in camo t-shirts, and then Yamato has, like, the like, gray, and then Hulk has Dragon Kid pants, and then Maria actually has camo, and then Flamita was, like, in blue for a while, and I'm like... Oh. Yeah, Flamita still, was still in blue on this yeah. show. That was, like, drive me crazy. Like, can't you get something that even vaguely matches them? Like, How do you, you like match white, green, You look like you're a blue power ranger. What the like, hell? There's no... They need to pick, like, one shade of camo. Well, Fabina um, needs to pick a shade of camo. I would like to... Who's um, in pants? He's just in solid blue. How does solid blue match them at all? My family is falling apart right now. <laughs> I've never seen John get this fired up. 
I'm I'm fired up. I hate when guys don't match. The whole point match of trying unity, to use colors is to match, and Dragon Gate is like we're not gonna match. I'm saying, fuck, you are gonna match. At least try though, okay? At least, At least try. All the same shades of a color. blue. Solid blue is not trying when your team when your team uses camo. That's, That's what just. I, was, I wanted to say in defense of BB Holt, he finally added some camo to his gear. There you go. Wait a second, Jules defending BB Hulk. I wanted to say something extremely salty when I was talking about Peter Casa, and I stopped myself. What was that? That his gear's always ugly, like I said earlier. Cause, like, no, cause... that I took offense at Rich saying that Seahawk was in a in a lower place than the other eight people in the match. Dear fucking God. I believe that was about... yeah. What? I believe I said that. Whether it was Rich or you is uh, I don't I don't remember and I don't want to what it's it's kind of whatever because I'm gonna say the same thing either way because I refuse to accept that Casa is being held up in a higher place than Seahawk because at least Seahawk never worked in a, the dangerous way that Casa does. That's fair. Um... Yeah, but so if you're listening to this and you're looking for matches to check out, I would strongly advise you watch the Triangle Gate Championship match because it was Dragon Gate at its finest, uh, Dragon Gate as an art form. I thought it was beautiful. If you need more reason to watch this match, Ricochet, who's considered one of the best in the world right now, says that Dragon Gate does the best multi-man matches. So, Ricochet, stamp of approval on Dragon Gate if you need more reason to go watch this match. I mean, Ricochet wouldn't be who Ricochet is if he hadn't been in Dragon Gate, so. That's true. Love you, Rico. <laughs> hey, do you guys want to talk about the main event? Fuck yeah. Sure. Okay. It was um, awesome. It was really good. I yeah. loved it. it my, was, like, favorite, my favorite part was I was watching... I was watching uh, BJW, and I kind of glanced over Twitter, and all of a sudden, everyone was like, wait, what if Yamato doesn't win? And I'm like, what did Dragon Gate do to just scare everybody at the same time? Because, like, leading into Kobe World, there was no doubt that Yamato was going to win, and then all of a sudden, everybody was like, wait, but what if Yamato doesn't? And I'm like, oh god, what did they do? (laughs) I think everybody just had, like, a momentary freak. I think it also speaks to how well they built up Shingo, that it's like, well, is Shingo gonna lose? It's just like he just looks so like unbeatable when you're watching him, and it's like, how do you beat this man? He's a monster. Hmm. But I mean, obviously, Sumo did beat him, but that is... I don't know. He just feels like he when you're watching the match, he just he feels like an uncontrollable force, kind of, and like he feels like like when you're watching him just toss Yamato around, you're just like, well, Yamato's not gonna beat this guy. He's so big it's and strong. Funny because... It's funny because Yamato isn't that much smaller than Shingo, but he's smaller enough that it's believable when Shingo yeah, is pulling him around and, and Yamato looks like he might not be able to make a comeback. Shingo is just bigger enough than most of the guys in Dragon Gate to look convincing as a strong boy. Mm-mm. Because he's not really that big of a dude. He's, I mean, he's considered, he'd still be considered a junior heavyweight based on his weight. He's, like, only 5'10". He's really not that big of a guy. Yes, i like to know I met him and I was taller than him. <laughs> but, you're, but you're taller than pretty much everyone, John. 
I'm like six foot and a half. That's not that tall. Yeah, I'm five That's three. That's just tall enough to be taller than almost all the Japanese wrestlers is the funny part, because a lot of them are around, like, my height, and I'm like five eight. I'm not taller than Okada, though. No, you're also not taller than Kento Miyahara or Jake Lee. Case, Wait, Miyahara's taller, taller than, than me? Kento right? Miyahara is Okada-sized. Really? Then, I didn't even know. He's, I never he's knew. also 6'3", think... and then Jake Lee is 6'4". So he's taller than both of them. Are we sure these aren't work types? I've seen them stay... Mia... I've seen... Okay, for, I've seen next stream tag team matches five million times over. Jake is taller than Kento, and I have them... I have them as my background picture on Twitter for a long time. They, Jake is definitely taller. Kento Mihar does not look 6'3 to me. That's all I'm saying. He looks like he's my height. He's pretty He's pretty lanky. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say he's 6'3. And Jules, to answer your question, I am just about Okada's height. We matched up pretty well in Chicago. Wait, Case is taller? Oh, I feel like you covered this before, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally... straight up 6'1. Wait, if you're 6'1, then how are you Okada height? He's 6'3. Well, Case? I, I, but I if you're 6'1", then well. who's driving the plane? Case is 6'1", <laughs> then I am half an inch taller than you, motherfucker. <laughs> maybe maybe Okada was wearing flats that day. We are, we've done nothing but work John into a shoot through this entire call. I don't know, I don't know what's going on anymore. Right, maybe, I, I, maybe I'm actually five, foot, five feet tall. Who the fuck is <laughs> Um, I, I wasn't as much a dream God, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that's a lot of stats. Um, plug it back in. Also, Miyahara is listed as six one on Wikipedia. That's weird because he's listed as six three everywhere else. I see it. All right. Well, anyway, that six one is what I would assume Miyahara is. Actually, hey, talk. How am I sounding? Uh, you're a little. No more fucking monster static. That's good. Okay. What about uh-huh. now? You sound a little, you sound a little like whatever, but no monster static. Let's just, let's just power through. Yeah, this. we can oh, do yep. this, guys. Just spent so long on world, and none of it's been about world. But anyway, this podcast has 12,000 downloads or something, which, again, I have no idea why. I have no idea how, but I assume people must like these wacky tangents. So whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, uh, I, that's not mess with our own brand, Case. That's all I'm saying. I will say I know that I did like this Dreamgate match. Thought it was wonderful. Um, one of the best Kobe World main events I've ever seen. I think it was up there with Yoshino versus T-Hawk from last year and B.B. Oh, Hulk versus Mochizuki from 2011. Yes, I love that match. Yes. Um, Shima Tozawa I love too, actually. But. You know, I... Be- before their King of Gate match, which is actually one of my favorite matches this year, I've just never gotten into Shima and Tozawa matches. Um, this had all the pageantry that you'd want from the biggest show of the year. It was beautiful. Um, Japanese National Anthem played before. Yamato and Shingo both had special attires, or at least entrance attires for this match. Uh, this felt like a big deal. I, I feel like Shingo did. Also, I want to point out, is, is, is this the first ever... Oh, no, no, it's the second ever. There's only been two all Dragon Gate two born main it's, events. It's the, the first, third. I messed up in my. Oh, what was it? What was it? It what was. was it was Hulk and Shingo in 2008, which wasn't I supposed knew, to happen. That, uh, I know that was the one I knew about. That's the accident. One. It, What's it, the other one? It was 2014 Yamato and Hulk. Oh yeah, um, which is a wait. very forgettable match. So listen, listen, that's actually my favorite Kobe World match oh. because it's the first. No, no, no. Look, look, it's the first <laughs> Dragon Gate match. It's the first Dragon Gate match I ever saw. Okay, all right. I saw, 
I saw a gift set of Yamato on Tumblr, and when I went to go look for him, the fr- and this was before it got pulled from Daily Motion, the first match that came up was Yamato versus BB Hulk, and I'm like, I guess that's a good place to start. And so that match holds a very special place in my heart as a result, because I had never seen two men wrestle like that ever before. I really have absolutely no memory of that match, because I forgot it even existed, so... I mean, I, knew, I was about to say, the first time with an accident, as in the BB Hulk-Shingo match, which, by the way, by far their worst match, I think. Yeah. Like, like yeah. Their, their final gate match from a couple years ago blows that thing And away. their World 2010 match. Yes, and their World 2010 match. Um, the, hair, the hair match. Yeah. That, that, was, that was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, so, yeah, it's, so basically, their, their 2008 match, World match sucked. Their 2010 World match was really good. And their 2014 yes. final gate match, yep. right? That was really good too. It, that, so that's I the one where at the end, I remember watching this show live. Um, and this was this was a Nico Nico show. It was live at the end of December, so it was final gate. And it was even for a live drag gate show, there wasn't a lot of Twitter involvement. I think it was just by the main event, it was just Alan and I. And um, I remember both of us being really concerned. So at the end of that match, Hulk hits a uh, his uh, I, I think it was a Phoenix splash, and then really couldn't move his arm afterwards and it yep. was it was disgusting uh it but that's terrifying. a great match. it was terrifying but yeah I'm, so um, that that match was really good I, so this, this, this main event like, um go out of your way to watch it i i would put it in that must watch category uh these were two um athletes at the top of their game i think shingo has established himself as hands down one of the greatest wrestlers ever. I, I mean, he he is, he, if he does not, I'm going to be so fucking angry when the Observer Awards come out this year and he is not in the top three for most outstanding or wrestler of the year. He should fucking win both. He, what it, is it, wrong with it, you people? It, and he won't be, and it's it's a shame, because Shingo this year has proven that he's as good as it gets. This he's, this cast off his 11-month reign starting a dangerous look, game. Look on the bright side. When those awards come out, we can be extra salty about them. Yeah, I mean, just, just, ugh, I hate people. <laughs> I think the only thing that really upsets me about all these awards is that the promotions that have the most fans always get the most votes, even if the wrestlers don't actually deserve the accolade <laughs> at all. I know he likes to go out on his Sasha Banks tangents, which are about the only thing me and him ever agree on. But yeah, someone with a ton of fans is going to get like a billion votes versus even if they're not as good as everybody thinks they are. That's just yeah, kind yeah, of basically. Basically, you have to wrestle in WWE or New Japan, or you have no chance. Which is just, it's, it's or you could make it into Pro Wrestling Illustrated and get confused with another wrestler. Yeah. Oh, that was Sports Illustrated. I love actually, that young yeah. NXT upstart Ken Takabashi. Uh, yeah. I can't wait till he tells Paul to fuck it and goes back to New Japan. <laughs> uh, All right. So this match, anyway, uh, we'll, we'll finish up I, on World. I saw the most Right, oh, I feel like it. I always get drowned out in these tangents, and I never actually get to say what I want to say. <laughs> Sorry, Jules. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. I feel like this is a, this is something that's been covered already by Chase a little bit in um, his outstanding review on Voice of Wrestling, uh, written review. Um, and I think, Chase, that's something that you said as well on the flagship. But I really just have to – because there's all this praise for Shingo and – Shingo has admittedly been incredible throughout this entire run, um, but Yamato, to me, is that much better because he connects with the crowd on 
a level that Shingo never managed to achieve before he was a heel. I, and, I don't think he connects with them even as a heel, to be fair. Oh, no, that's the thing. I mean, like, he connects with them in that they fucking hate him. Um, but when he was a face, I mean... Yamato has Shingo always is, connected with the Dragon Gate fans. Shingo's a, a bad... Shingo is not a good... Um, he's not a good babyface. Even though I've enjoyed a lot of his matches when he was a babyface, mm-hmm. clearly going to heel is what put him over the top. Oh, absolutely. He was born to be a fucking bully. That's what he is. And, he was born to throw people around yeah, exactly. and laugh at their fucking faces when and, they hit him and ignore their pain. Yeah, and I think that he's an outstanding wrestler. Like, there's absolutely no doubt about that. I think uh, from a purely wrestling standpoint, I think he's outstanding. I think he's worked as this monster heel. Um, the leader of Berserk has been incredible. Um, even though, you know, um, fans fucking hating his guts for real, notwithstanding, um, I think he just comes across so perfectly. And his time as champ, you know, um, really allowed him to show where he shines. And I'm never going to take that away from him. I think Yamato is just the better... I mean, the better wrestler, maybe because I like the way that he wrestles more, so that's a completely... Sub- I mean, that's Everything is subjective in what I'm saying, so that doesn't make any sense, but nothing I say ever makes any sense. Um, but I think if Shingo is amazing, Yamato is more complete. Um, I personally like his wrestling style better, but I think he's also the better wrestler in that he has that um, ability to create moments of pure emotion that Shingo struggles with, I feel, a little bit. And it's something that I really love about Yamato and probably really the reason why I'm so fascinated by him and why he's one of my favorites in Dragon Gate is that he makes me believe everything that he does in a way that not a lot of wrestlers manage to. Is anyone still here? Yeah. I'm still here. I thought you were I thought you weren't done, I'm sorry. No 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 it's Especially okay. after especially after you were like you never get to talk, I wanted to like make sure you got to talk. I feel <laughs> thank you. I feel like no, I feel like I'm I'm always saying this and I feel like I'm always rambling on and I feel like I never get to get my point across um comfortably because I don't know what words are. <laughs> I feel like for every... And this is kind of the story of them in Dragon Gate as well. I feel like for every step that Shingo takes, Yamato takes two steps. Yes, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good way to put it, actually. Because, like, Shingo, Shingo finally unseats Shima to end his eternal reign. And Yamato beats him on the very next Kurikin in his first defense. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. They always, they've always had that kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. It's true. And it's true that I felt like the match was incredible because there was so much history between these two as partners and as rivals. And I know. I, put, I, I in, in the group preview we did, I said they were like Dragon Gate's version of good friends, better enemies. Because like, yeah, exactly. They're they're they're, they're they can be a pretty fun team when they're together. I've enjoyed their tag title reigns and stuff, but when they're against each other, it's like okay, 
shit is going to go down. Yeah, exactly. Basically. They have each other well scouted, and so they have to pull out all the stops to be the better man. And I think that's... Yes. That I always love a good story like that. And so, I think... So where... Oh, sorry, keep going. <laughs> sorry, I, I promise I'm, 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 I won't be long. I always love a good story like that when people know each other so well that they have to go just that extra step. And I feel like they went that extra step as wrestlers, as characters. Um, I could feel every single thread of storyline kind of coming together and culminating into that. Everything that had happened prior to this. Shingo was at the top of his game as this mean dude, just this... He's just a mean badass, and Yamato connects with me as a face more than in any of his work as a face that I've seen previously. I always used to think that he was a little bland and a little stale as a face whenever I watched his previous work. Right now, I feel like he's in this perfect role that finally allows him to bloom on, on you know, that side of um, on that alignment, that face alignment, and he's just so good at invoking emotion. He's so good at the little things, just this tiny little details. And Case, I know you went like four and three quarters, right, on this match. That would be correct. I okay. I don't do star ratings, and that's a whole other story that we could go another hour on. Just, just but it's also subjective, is all you need to know. It's, it's also subjective. subjective. I don't really do star ratings, but if I did, I think I would have maybe gone the full five, just because of the way that this match emotionally connected with me as, like, a member of the audience, and the payoff that it had, and yeah. And also, you know, Yamato busting out the Frankensteiner, and it wasn't enough. Yamato trying to use the armbar, and it wasn't enough. And these are moves that he's been Shingo with before, and they weren't enough. And that, again, pushed that match into that extra step that, for me, makes a match go from great to instant classic. And that's all I yeah. have. I saw... The- I saw the most bullshit tweet about this match. My friend, no, I told you I was going to bring this up because it just pissed me off the way this you person told, worded yeah, it. Yeah, you did tell me you were going to. Ian, our friend Ian, was talking about the match. And somebody somebody was at, somebody was asked how long did the match go. And Ian was, and our, and our friend, 30 minutes. And this person was like, well, then it's a miss for me because matches that go on that long and don't include one of, like, these three wrestlers or a gaijin aren't worth watching. And I'm like, motherfucker, there to is be no fair. gaijin that has ever wrestled in Dragon Gate who is better than Yamato and Shingo are right now. Uha to was be not fair. better. Rico's to not be better. That is, a, that is a friend of the show, and he has a very acquired taste on professional wrestling, so I'll give him a break there, despite the fact that that's a, a bad opinion that he should watch this match. It was such a great match, too. Like, even I'm of the opinion when the Dreamgate matches go a little long, it starts to feel a little long. This was such a great match. It really didn't even feel like it went 30 minutes. It didn't even feel like it went 30 minutes. When I actually looked at the time, I'm like, there's no way that match was that long. I don't know. Like I said, 
wrestling is subjective. Um, I think it's, you know, we don't want to pull our hair out over, over more and more being like, yeah, yeah, stories about that. But I do think that if multiple people tell you to give something a chance and you don't, you're an idiot. Even if you end wow. up not liking it, and I will respect your opinion if that is the case. But... Like, it's one thing if you know you don't already like the dudes in the match. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to encourage somebody to... if I Like, I don't like, I don't like let's say, Finn Balor. So if someone's like, you should watch this Finn Balor match, I'm going to be like, no, because I don't like the dude. I'm not going to enjoy it. But, like, if you enjoy the wrestlers and people are saying, hey, they actually had a really great match, even if it ran longer than you'd normally think it would run, maybe give it a shot. Like, don't just... You know, and it was such a great match, and people were gushing about it all over the place. Maybe just don't write the match off before you even watch the first five minutes of it. I feel like that's a, kind of a problem of hypocrisy that we have a lot in our little corner of the internet, is that people will always be like, oh, you need to accept that not everyone is going to like the same things. And we had, of course, this debate very recently with um, uh, the person that um, has... Um, well, you know who I'm talking about. Um, we had this debate very recently about, you know, what is good wrestling and what is bad wrestling and what is the right kind of wrestling. And um, with, with well, I, I don't think I need to go farther into that because I think we all know what I'm talking about. And I think that if you write off a match for the simple reason that it went too long without even trying to give it a chance and see if it actually made use of every single minute in the way that this one does, then I think you're wrong. And you watch the, if you watch the match, you wind up not liking it. That's perfectly fine. That is no problem. But... You're, you're, you know, we're not even saying watch the whole match. Like, somebody wanted me to watch a match in NXT that went really long. Y'all know the one I'm talking about. And I got through maybe 10 minutes of it, and it wasn't for me, so I shut the match off. And I'm like, it's just not for me. Maybe just even watch the first 5 to 10 minutes of it. See if the match actually sucks you in. Because some matches can run long and feel like they didn't run long. And like we even said, the Brave Gate match felt like it was longer than it was because of how great the content was. And then the Dream Gate match was so emotional that it felt shorter than it actually was. It's not like time is just a fluid concept. It doesn't always feel as long or as short as it really is. You know, give the match a chance. This was possibly the best match that these two men are going to have because it was just so great. And to write it off before you even, like, watch five minutes of it just seemed a little extreme to me. Okay. All right, yeah, that, that's that's fair. Um, I think the majority opinion on this match is, is that it's been great. I think it'll be it'll finish my top ten this year for match of the year voting. Um <laughs> John, I do want to ask you specifically one question uh, before I move on, then anyone can add their, their final takes on Kobe World. Uh, John, where does this rank for you in terms of all-time Kobe Worlds? See, I'd have to rewatch it. Okay. Um, I don't... The, the first half was nothing, but the first half is usually nothing. The title matches were all very, very good. So I would have to... My first, my first thought on it would be to put it in the... Definitely in the upper echelon of worlds i would say probably in the top definitely the top five 
I'm not sure where it would yeah, fall in that top I'm five. Yeah, I'm the same boat. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I put it I put it high up there. I, I know I enjoy 2005 and 2011 more, but I also know that I like this show overall more than 2008, 2009, and 2010. So I, the the one I'd have to rewatch is I, I'd have to rewatch the the early ones, um, and like maybe the even up to the early Dragon Gate ones. Like the I really really love the uh, the 2004 one with the with the UDG title tournament, yes. but I'm not sure I'm not sure if the entire card would hold up. Um, I I mean the, the UDG matches are great. Like Shima and, Yosh- and Yoshino, that match is fantastic, and I like the main event. Um, I'm trying to think what else on that show. There, there's like a like Mochizuki just left Agon Iso at that point. So there was an eight man there, and that's a solid show. I, the one problem I had with that 2004 show was that the Florida Brothers got way too much time to a point that it was like funny Florida Brothers to just get out of the ring. Um, but yes, I, I do remember that. Was that the Kensuke match? Yes. Yes, that that went on fucking forever. I yes. do remember. I think there was nothing that drags. That. Yes, there was nothing that drags like that dragged on this show. Yeah, so that's a good. Point. I, I, th- this show flew by because the undercard, the first three matches were done in under an hour, which left time for the important matches to get the time that they needed. So I give this show two thumbs up. Um, at the very least, I think people should check out the Triangle Gate match and the Dream Gate match. And if you have time, uh, for sure, Eita versus Maria. Um, and I'd watch Futanakamura just so you can see the future star of Dragon Gate. Yes. Uh, so, any any final thoughts on World Jewels or Dylan? I thought it was great. And again, I don't intend to, you know sound harsh in my criticism of a certain person that Dylan brought up. He knows that we don't agree on anything. Um, but, yeah. Um, no, I thought the show was great. Like Case said, I, I, I mean, if I was recommending this show to someone, I would recommend that they watch the whole thing because the undercard didn't overstay its welcome and it highlighted kind of the future, the future of the future, kind of, with Futanakamura and um, Kaito Ishida and Takahiro Yamamura, and um, and like so, the undercard is not necessarily recommended viewing for me, but it's something that I would tell someone who has the time to watch the whole show to watch, just because I feel like it showcases these guys in a super positive light, which I think is something great. Uh, the Lindemann match as well, of course. Um, and I wouldn't tell anyone to skip any of the title matches, including the Twin Gate match. Thank um, you. <laughs> um, I think uh, Triangle and Dreamgate were amazing in terms of, of talent showcase for Dragon Gate. I thought the Twin Gate match was something a little different, but I don't think that's something that Dragon Gate should be afraid of, and I don't think that's something that they've ever been afraid of. And I thought the Brave Gate match was a great showcase of the future of the promotion as it stands right now. So, yeah, I thought it was a great show. And if it were up to me, I would recommend that people watch the whole thing. I know not everybody has the time, but if you do, you're in for a treat. Dylan? Um, I really enjoyed the show, but I'm praying to God that they don't run head-to-head against Big Japan again next year. I, lo- I loved Kobe World, but if they run against Big Japan again, I'm, I'm still going to pick Big Japan. 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, and, it's, and it ran longer than Kobe World 2, because Kobe World wrapped up, and I was still watching the main event deathmatch. It was a really great show, though. Um, watch the, I say watch all the title matches if you have the time. Um, I would recommend... I, I honestly, I enjoyed the Brave Gate more than the Triangle Gate match, but that's because I have a bigger emotional connection with Maria and Ata than I do with everyone in that Triangle Gate match, just because these two have always been two of my favorites. I've always loved Ada, and I've always loved Maria, so I would recommend that over the Triangle Gate match, actually. Um, but yes, please, dear God, please don't run against Big Japan head-to-head again. I can't, that, I don't want to have to make that decision again. That was heartbreaking. I'm like, I can't believe I can't watch them both live. Because the Dylan's family is dying. Yeah. Alright, so, let's move on, actually, very quickly, since we somehow spent, like, two hours on Kobe World. Are you really surprised uh, at this point? <laughs> no, I guess not really, but Jesus. I was just thinking, like, okay, oh, sorry, talked about this show. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go that long, and then it's like, nope, two hours. All right, John. Even, here's we didn't really we, even get anything crazy either. I don't. I don't. I don't understand all the time. Anyway, John. Sorry, here's what I think we should do. We're going to talk about the Summer Adventure Tag League. Um, yeah. I think let's let's briefly talk about each of the teams. I could run down the blocks and then the televised matches that we're going to get. Does that sound okay. good with everyone? Sounds good. So Sounds block okay. A. Take it away, Case. All right. So block A has the reigning and defending Open the Twin Twin Gate Championship. Champions, rough start. Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kagatora. Uh, Genki Horiguchi and Ryo Saito are going to tag, as well as Masato Yoshino and T Hawk. Takahiro Yamamoto. Marha Izapa. Marha Izapa. Yeah, that's. That's a team name. Yeah. You, he didn't beautiful. say Susumu and Kagatora's team name either. I don't know how we to say We talked about that. What? I, I, how do you say Susumu and Kagatora's team name? Yokosuka, Yokosuka Ichome. Okay, that's a lot of syllables. <laughs> it's, it's All right, so we've got Susumu and Kagatora, uh, Genki Horiguchi and Ryo Saito, Masato Yoshino and T-Hawk, Takahiro it's Yamamura and Kaito Ishida making their the Summer Adventure Tag League debut, Naruki <laughs> Doi and brother Yashi, and Yosuke Maria and Al Lindemann. <laughs> and then Maria and Lindemann. Maria and Lindemann has to be our all-favorites, right? The, yeah. the The lover's team. Yep. Absolutely. Okay, who, there's who, two, who there's stands two Jimmy block? teams and Brother Yashi in this block. Don't make me choose. I can't do that. Well, Maria and Linda Man are my team here. I love them so much, and I hope they win everything. Um, so, as far as who I think is going to win, uh, this is a this is actually a tough block to call because I I feel like it's not going to be Doi and Yashi. They just had a twin gate shot. Um, it's not going to be Yammer and Ishida. They are too young still. So that leaves you with, I think, four teams that could legitimately win it. I hope it's it. not Yoshino and T-Hawk, because... I don't want it to be them either. I don't really like them as a team that much. I don't want... T-Hawk just had the belt. He doesn't need another shot. Yeah, I don't know why they, they broke up T-Hawk and Big R for this. And if they win the blot, they... Pro, they most, I mean, they don't have to win the blot and win the uh, the whole thing. Well, that that is true. They broke up but, Big R and T-Hawk, and they broke up Yoshina and Tozawa, because Shima can just never let us all be happy. Anyway, you want to hear a hot take? From from someone who has very wrong opinions all the time. Sure. I could see the finals being Maraha Isapa versus Osaka Osage. Oh god. If Shima does that, I will actually fly to Japan and fight him. (laughs) (laughs) But um so anyways, I think it could be it could be Oshino T Hawk, it could be Maria Linda Man, it could be Maraha Isapa as a nostalgia run, or it could be the Twin Gate champion. I would love for it to be the Maryland. 
Yes. My I'm, pick is... I'm pulling for either my of the teams. My pick is... I actually am going to pick Marie and Linda Manning. My, hope, my hopeful pick is the Marylands. My rational pick is Yokosuka Ichome. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna side with Jules on this one. Of course, my personal favorite is Santa Maria and Linda Manning, but I think Susumo and Kegator are going to take this block. Either yeah. of the German right. teams can win, and I'll be happy. Hmm. So, B-block. Okay. We have... Go, go for it, Yamato, Yamato, Go for it. Yamato and BB Hulk, the maybe the greatest team of all time? The world's know. sexiest tag team, as they are self-proclaimed? World's sexiest tag team. Tozawa and Big R Shimizu, the... I have no idea what to make of that team. The very excited team, let's call them. Um, <laughs> very loud. Dra- Dragon Kid and Ida, who are a, a great team together. Um, Shingo Takagi and Cyber Kong. This is a team that I loved back in the day in Kamikaze. They were like the highlight of Kamikaze for me. So again, I would like to thank Katoka and his face because it was originally supposed to be Shingo and Katoka. And I feel like they work well together as a tag team too. Because Katoka's like a little shithead and then Shingo's a big bully. But Shingo and Cyber Kong are like one of my all-time favorite teams. So I'm pretty happy with them being back together here. Um, Shima and Gamma, Osako 6, they're actually replacing the Mondai Ryu and CyberCon team. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I, I know. I really, I never need to see a team team again. I thought we were past this when they had their weird little problem. Well, they made yeah. up, unfortunately. Ugh. That and then therapy <laughs> Masaki Mochizuki and Fuda Nakamura, who are, you know, again, a legend and also Mochizuki. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The shade. <laughs> I'm what? kidding. I love, I love Mochizuki. A legend and then Mochizuki. That is what John said. I love Mochizuki. I just, John, the joke, stay right the where joke. you are. I'm getting a taxi <laughs> to the airport right now. <laughs> the joke was just right there. I couldn't help it. It was right there. Okay, well, right. while, while Jules plots another murder, um, <laughs> let's go Yeah, down. another murder. I hate uh, that it's another, and this is what my reputation has become. Jewel's reputation is murder. That's because they can't see my locked Twitter account. Don't feel bad. That's true. <laughs> um, so, B-Block, who do you guys think is going to win? This, this is an interesting block. Okay. Um, First of all, go for it, Jules. I have to say, and Dylan, you, I know you and I have our disagreement on this, and I know we've talked about this. We've, talked, we've been through this. Our friendship can't survive this. As much as I love Yamato and Hulk as a tag team, I will never get over the salt that has filled my entire being at not getting North Tribe. I wish I could empathize, but Yama Hulk is the tag team for me. I know. And I am glad they're together. I was almost in tears when I saw that I was going to get Yama Hulk back after so long. I know, and I love them together. I love them. Back from the war. I love them as a team. I think they're going to be awesome. But way back when, you guys remember that months ago, I said that I wanted North Tribe to win the Summer Adventure Tad League before all that shit happened. And Shima said, fuck you, Jules. Exactly. Shima got on your Twitter account and saw that and was like, I'm not doing that now because I saw it. Exactly. But I am very excited at the prospect of Yamato and Hulk teaming up. Um, I don't think they're winning the block. I think uh, it's going to be Osaka 06 or Dragon Kid and Eita. I think Shingo and Kong have an outside shot, too. Ooh. The would, thing that... Would, it would, they would swerve us since they were last in the team. But. The thing that ruins this for me is that the two teams that I would want to win, both of them have an active champion in the team, so I feel like that 
might ruin their chances of actually yeah. winning because I would have right. Yamahulk or I would have DK Ada. That's my biggest issue too. It was why I don't think either of those teams are winning. I mean, they could. They could, they could, could win the, get they could win the block. They could go to the finals and then lose. That is a possibility, and I would not hate that because obviously both teams have an active champion. It wouldn't be a big yeah. deal. But those were the teams I wanted the most. I've really been enjoying Dragon Kid and Ada as a team, um, so I want to pick them. But I'm still gonna stay with my terrible opinion that Osaka O6 could pull through. I swear to God, Shima. I swear to God, Shima. They were a last-minute addition, too, so that'd be interesting. But um, Shima just keeps right. showing up in title matches after saying he wasn't going to pursue the belts anymore. I'm going to pick Shingo and Kong to win the B-Block, and Ooh. then I'm going to have them lose. I'm going to have them lose to Maria and Linda Man in the finals. That's, that's amazing. Yes, that's my pick. I hope With Shingo Linda Man gets pinned. pinned by Maria, then. Fuck yeah! A clean pin in the middle of the ring. I don't know. I kind of want to see go on a downhill slide where he lost the belt and now he just loses his sanity. Well, that's not a long slide for him. Not, unfortunately. He's losing himself slowly, bit by bit. As long as he doesn't go back to the leopard mullet hawk, we'll be fine. But is he losing losing himself in the music in the moment? Hopefully not noise music, right? What? I said hopefully not noise music, right? (laughs) <laughs> Look, I'm still putting that at the end of the, at the end of the episode. Thank you for a moment. I hate all of you. <laughs> no, not you, Kate. Muscular. <laughs> Honestly, I liked it better when you were doing the millennial thing. Millennial. <laughs> You're an artiste. Thank you. I do try. You do try. So, yeah. So, um, so who, who do you guys have? So, who's winning the Subversive Tag League? Maria and Linda Mann. In my, in my wildest dreams, the Marylands, realistically, um, uh, I want to say maybe Yokosuka Ichome as champions or Osaka Osage. Just because if I have terrible opinions, I'm going to follow through with them till the end. Still in case. Yokosuke Ichimo, because they're my boys. Susumu's in that team. They're my boys. Yeah, I've got an Osaka 06 versus Susumu and Kagetora final with Osaka 06 going over. (laughs) When they go over, I'm challenging Shima to a death match on Twitter. So what was the original plan for the winners then? Because they they were late additions. I don't don't know, because ideally, I'd like... Shingo and Kong to win, because I think it would be a nice way for Shingo to recover from a Dreamgate loss, but in my in my mind, I'm going, well, they weren't originally supposed to be in there, but Osako 6 wasn't either, but I, I like the sound of a, a Shima-Gama-Susumu-Kagatora match, so I actually want that. And it's Shima. Like, even if he's a last-minute addition, there's always the good chance that he's going to put himself over everybody else. That's just how Shima is. I love him, but God knows that's how he is. That's a good point. All right. He's enjoying um, his vacation in Greece right now, looking like an absolute madman as he does. God, she <laughs> fake Greek wrestler. <laughs> Look, is that any worse? Can any of us here talk about <laughs> loving another country's culture way too much? From what bad. I understand, we would all Touché. jump ship to Japan if given the option. Yeah. What so I like, love about Japanese wrestling you know? is, just, is just full of fake, like 
you you have fake Mexicans, you have your fake Italians, you have your fake Greeks. Like that's just amazing, yeah. man. I love it. Of- you even so have fake fa- Americans. So many fake Mexicans. Across <laughs> so many promotions, it's actually yeah. hard to keep up with all of them. Look, leave Desperado alone. Okay, all right. Real quick, um, we are getting about Mina Mino pulling a knife on Yohei Nakajima. <laughs> <laughs> That was, Look, he was he was in Mexico and he learned the art of the dance. So he's <laughs> and then he learned the art of the gangster because it was like an eight inch blade. Okay, it wasn't a switchblade; it was like an actual knife, and it was terrible. It was like a kitchen knife. Yes. And then anyway. he put it down the back of his pants, well, and I was okay. Really seriously, how do you seriously? How do you pronounce your old team name? Los Celeros Japoneses. Oh my God! Okay, I was a little off there. <laughs> okay. I don't speak Spanish, everybody. I even though, well, I, I'm around Spanish speakers. And I don't speak Spanish. It's okay. It's basically, yeah. Okay, okay. so Kate, what matches are making tape? Yeah, so uh, we'll have a few shows for the Summer Adventure Tag League make tape. Um, Drangate is not running Cork and Hall in August. It will be under renovation, so they are running two shows at Shinjuku Face in Tokyo. The greatest venue. I love Shinjuku Face. Yay. Yes, uh, they will be running it's two shows there. built on top there. of an arcade. It's awesome. It's are awesome. they taping it's awesome. those? It's awesome. It's awesome. So uh, we don't know yet whether or not it's going to be like the Champion Gate tapings, and they'll be doing two or one That's show nice. for the two shows, like a compilation, or if they're going to air both of them so live on Nico Nico. It's it my understanding that yes, because it's supposed to be their Corican show. Okay, cool. Because uh, I'm those... seeing Susumu, versus Kagetora, uh, Susumu and Kagetora versus Maryland's, and that sounds tasty. They're wrestling yes. twice in one day, which is kind of wacky. It, it's it's okay. two high-profile matches. So on the 8-6 shows, the first one, the uh, block matches, we'll get Susumu and Kegatora versus Maria and Lindemann, like Jules just said. And we get Yama Hulk versus Akira Tozawa and Big R Shimizu. And then on the night show, it's Susumu and Kagetora versus Yoshino and T-Hawk. Doi and Brother Yashi versus Yamamura and Ishida. And Dragon Kid and Eita versus Shingo and Cyber Kong. Guys, why don't we all get on a flight right now? Or not right now, but for August 6th. We can go to the afternoon show... Then we go downstairs to the arcade, we play some Street Fighter 2, then we come back upstairs to the night show. It's fantastic. Who's with me? That sounds fun. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have 2,000 euros? No, not right now. Okay. I, don't ha- I actually have, like, a depressingly small amount of When one of us hits the lottery, that person will move all four of us to Japan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will, right, we will buy Cork and Hall. Yeah, yes. and all the free wrestling will just come to us because we own the venue. <laughs> exactly. The dream. That's incredible. Right okay. Anyway, so that's the Kate, I want you to tell me right now. What is the Nakamura match that's making tape? We will get to that in just a minute, Jules. I promise. Okay. All right. So eight fourteen, we're back in Kobe Sambo Hall. It's Dorian Brother Yashi versus Yosuke and Al Lindemann. It is Yamato and BB Hulk versus Shingo and Cyber Kong, and it is... That match is uh, so awesome! Yeah, that match is great. Uh, it's Drenkid and Eita versus Tozawa and Shimizu. Ooh. I just really, really want to circle that second match. That's like, that's the... That's the friggin', you know, new Hazard Explodes match, you know? <laughs> like, that is, that is right in my wheelhouse. I love that match. That's beautiful. It is beautiful. Also, and that is an finally, amazing saying. 
fight in my wheelhouse, like. In my, it's in my heart of hearts that match. No, that's. I think that's a, that's a such a funny saying, but it's so cute. <laughs> like, I don't know what a wheelhouse is supposed to be, but that's adorable. <laughs> anyway. I don't know either. It's a house what? with wheels. Like, a house with wheels. Like Amazing. That. Okay, Chase, take us away. Okay, and then on August 21st, we're in Fukuoka at Hakata Star Lanes. Uh, Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Kagator will wrestle their Jimmy's unit mates, uh, Ryo Saito and Geki Horaguchi. <laughs> That's yeah, actually that the worst good. thing that could ever happen in the entire world, too. <laughs> That's the worst. Like, when I saw they were in the same block, I was like, I can't believe Shima wants to fight me. <laughs> it gets even more emotional. Uh, we've got Yoshino and T-Hawk versus Doi and Brother Yashi. I hope Doi no, no, should no, talk no, to Yoshino no, about no. having a better tag team partner again. Yamato and BB I, Hulk wrestle Osaka 06, and then Jules, this is the one you've been waiting for, Shingo Takagi and Cyber Kong versus Masaki Mochizuki and Futa Nakamura. Yes. That means we get Mochi and Shingo in the same match, which is always a good time, and especially Futa versus Shingo. Yes. And then, so the tournament wraps up... The tournament wraps what? up on September 10th. I said Cyber Kong's in that match, too! It'll be a beefy match. So the tournament wraps up in Osaka um, at the Osaka Number Two Arena, the former Body Maker Coliseum. Um, the Edeon Arena. Yeah, um, and we get the uh, the first place of the A block against the second place of the B block, and then the first place of the B block against the second place of the A block, and those winners go to the finals. Uh, Can I just say the go- way a fucking final is supposed to do- be, New Japan. Yes. Like, why the fuck did New Japan drop the first versus second thing? I don't I like hate it. that. I, I like hate the fact that it's just first versus first. You need to do first versus second, first versus second, and then the final. Not just first versus first. God damn it. Everybody calm down. Do you, do you guys remember, by the way, well, it might be a little before your time, there was actually a time when New Japan had, like, the top three from each block get into the finals. It was, like, second place versus third place. You know, second place was third place. John, everything has John, to be too complicated in New Japan. Then those two winners were going to buy to face the first place John, people. And then those two winners were face each other in the final. And that was just fucking crazy. But now they got on the other extreme where it's just first place versus first place. John? What? You just said this might be a little before your time. We have a saying in French that's, that goes, Si tu voulais pas dire ton âge, c'est raté. If you didn't want to tell us how old you are, you just failed. <laughs> oh wow okay i've been owned all right so that's the summer adventure tag league and then i think <laughs> before we had to sign off i think dylan wanted to touch on something real fast case case is like a a lone man standing in the middle of a tornado trying <laughs> <laughs> trying gamefully to calm the winds of the storm i we are in a lucrative market of dragon gate podcasting <laughs> And I, there is information that needs to be given out to the people. <laughs> yes. All right. So, what do you want to touch on, Dylan? Okay. So I don't. Um, I actually put in the I, in for a reason in the Kobe World preview that I've become an aficionado of the Japanese indie sleeve promotions because I have been because I I watch everything. I used to. I showed you John when you asked about grading promotions, and I had like a million promotions because I watch basically everything that makes tape. There's a lot of Dragon Gate alumni right now who are bouncing around uh, the Indies. There's actually something really exciting that's going to happen. Is that there's a mini Agon Isu reunion that's coming up 
and it's Brother Yashi and Shuji Kondo and Toru Iwashi who are all going to team up together. And I really like that. I mean, if they, I wish uh, Shigawara was part of it because he's also one of my favorites in that group. But these, that three was very exciting for me. Um, and they're going up against who wasn't. I need to pull it up. But yeah, I was just very excited to see them together. Uh, Yashi. Wait, where is this again? Wrestle One. Yeah. Okay. Because Yashi bounced over there and joined Trigger with Shuji Kondo. Trigger is a babyface unit, by the way. I think. So that's just kind of funny to me. Oh, what? They're actually more like tweenies. I'll just say. Yeah, they just the um, shit out of the one of their own, though. Masayuki Kono got really pissed off at Hiroki Murasi for um, tagging himself into the match when Kono almost had the match won. So he beat the shit out of him after the match. And it was hilarious. That was also the same show that, Shot- that uh, Shotaro Oshino had his leg taped up on. And he lost a match to TKO to Manabu Soya because his leg was injured, and he cut this promo, and he was actually crying. You're echoing a lot right now, Dylan. You're echoing, too, actually. Everybody echoes. There it goes. But, um, <laughs> that's, so that's an exciting thing that's happening. It's, it's something nice for us when to have, considering they just lost five. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.